Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Nerd Your Enthusiasm podcast. I am Matt, and joining me today is my good friend, buddy, compatriot, Stephen. Say hello. Howdy. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, what a week. How's your week been going? Uh, above, I'm a little under the weather for the most part at the turn of this year. Just things I have to figure out. But, you know, I had to take it in stride, as per usual. Okay. Yeah, I mean, myself today, I'm pretty damn sore. Uh, I started this new fitness regimen with a gym and stuff. I'll spare the details. But long story short, I'm feeling a bit sore, so if you're hearing moaning and groaning through the podcast, it's not just because I hear what Steve put on his uh, top ten list. Um, I'm big as smart as. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, let's start it right off. Today, we're going to be going through what games we thought were the 10 best games that each of us individually played in 2018. Uh, So, we're going to go about this in one way. We're going to go start from 10, go down to 1, as you normally do. And we're going to start talking about uh, what games we really loved and cherished this year. So, uh, would you like to start, good sir, Stephen, with number 10 on your list? Number 10 is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Um, This is quite an interesting entry because I thought I was done with Call of Duty, Uh, especially after Black Ops 3. I didn't really feel it. Uh, It was very convoluted. The operator system was was unrefined. The campaign just went, you know, baloney with the story. I just was not feeling it at all. And and not even like the seminal zombies mode really caught my attention like it did with previous entries. But Black Ops 4, uh, prior to me actually just jumping in, um, I played the beta uh, as part of the pre-order bonus, and it really caught my eye on how back-to-basics this entry feels. In the regular multiplayer, you still have the operators, but they each feel more finely tuned. They each have their own unique special abilities. They have their own flavor to them. Uh, That really adds a more strategic layer to the gun-to-gun combat. And then outside of that, just the idea of having the kill streaks or rather the score streaks play less of a pivotal role this time around it it there is definitely some bullshit regarding kill streaks and having a team that just dominates the other team and just overwhelm overwhelms you there are matches where you have large gaps within the score but by and large i feel like this Call of Duty goes back to just if you know what your favorite gun is, if you know what your favorite loadout is, if if you know the, the way on how the maps play out, uh, the, the, the layout, it really feels like a Call of Duty game that harkens back to the golden age of Call of Duty, which spans, in my opinion, from Modern Warfare, uh, the original, all the way to Black Ops 2. That was, that string of releases is, in my opinion, the golden age for that series. And I feel like many of the tenants f- from that era are translated over to the gunplay for this century. Um, that's not to mention the fact of the new Battle Royale mode called Blackout, which is as intense, more 
polished than its uh, competitor PUBG. Um, in an era where Fortnite is dominating the uh, the mindshare, the cultural zeitgeist, if you will, mm-hmm. it's 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 really just a refreshing change of pace for someone who kind of got burned out of Fortnite to just go and play something more, you know, militaristic uh, in both uh, in both tone and in both the gunplay. And how like every fuck up you make in Blackout is mainly on you. Oh yeah. And not because someone was able to like outbuild you and build like a tower and then like, <laughs> you know, outflank you. Like yeah. I like I feel like the the like Fortnite adds another extra layer of complexity that I just don't really appreciate in, in shooters. I guess I'm I'm old fashioned that way, so I guess that's how it is. But Black Ops four is an excellent entry there are parts that really that I struggle with in terms of its microtransactions in, in terms of how they sort of deploy updates um the battle pass system is a copycat of fortnite except for the most part you don't have to pay for anything yeah that's a nice it, touch yeah yeah but like the grind is there and for those that are committed to that and want that to be their you know the only game they play throughout the entire year then i i feel like black ops 4 delivers a lot of bang for your buck yeah yeah i really uh i really love that game um when it comes to the whole blackout game type the game uh gameplay it's by far one of my favorite things about the entire game and how you get to get all that stuff interesting so you pick number 10 as black ops 4 would you like to know what Correct. mine is? Go ahead. My number 10 pick for this year, 2018, not 2019, obviously, uh, is also called the Black Ops 4. Um, I, I think I think you make a lot of great points with the whole, you know, multiplayer gunplay is fantastic. I think, I mean, there are a few shortcomings when you, when you mentioned like when you're getting destroyed, you're getting fucking destroyed. I was playing it earlier today and the split was like the end game score was like 32 to 75. Like they were just, there was no chance. Like they put, they had all the other good players on their team. And maybe that's because they came in one party. I don't know, but it was just utter brutality. I had a 0.29 KD on a map and I only got three kills and I just got like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It wasn't that I wasn't aiming too quick, quick enough. It wasn't that, I mean, maybe I was being loud because it was playing hardcore, but you know, it, it really felt like I was just getting absolutely destroyed, but all the great stuff overtakes that bullshit because um, when it comes to blackout, which is fantastic, uh, and just multiplayer overall. And I never used to play hardcore. I used to hate hardcore because it was just so damn hard. I actually like hardcore more than I like the regular core games. And I've only played Team Deathmatch and maybe uh, Search and Destroy. I just find it's a better experience overall without having to, like, you know, oh, I just shot my gun. Now I have to worry about because someone saw me on a minimap. You have to use your headphones. You have to think about where people might be on spawn locations. It's lots of fun. Um, I haven't even touched the zombies mode. And I, I maybe if people want to get together, we could try that too. But, um, yeah, solid game. And it that is why it makes my number 10 spot. 
for sure. So, number nine. Number nine for me uh, is Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. Mm. Um, As someone who was introduced to Yakuza as a franchise last year with Yakuza 0, the prequel, um, I kind of have a little bit of a regret with coming into the sixth entry and not having played the intermediate games uh, mm. one through five. So it, it, it was sort of like a, I mean, the, the closest comparison is like saying, oh yeah, you know, I, I watched the first season of Breaking Bad, but then I skipped to like the, the finale because, you know, I just wanted to get Felina. over with. But, yes, Felina. Um, but it's just, Yakuza is a, is a series I hold very dear to my heart. Um, I feel like Yakuza 6 is a good send-off for the main character of uh, of the Kazuma Kiryu, uh, the the dragon of, of, of Dojima, which is his sort of like, you know, uh, name or how they refer to him as in, in the series. He, 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 he like grows into that role. It's his persona. But, yeah, oh yeah, sure. Uh, but what's weird about Yakuza as a series as a whole is that like most of the time he's not even part of the Yakuza organization. He like gets pulled in, pulled back out. It ebbs and flows with his interactions with uh, the the uh, with his family. Um, a lot of wacky characters, obviously. But Yakuza Six tones it down. It tones it down uh, in favor for a very grounded. It's still zany in a few places. Uh, the side characters that you encounter among the districts uh, are still there. There's a lot of crazy stuff that you can do, like going inside an internet cafe and and you know hitting a a sex hotline oh, and chat with like live cam girls and shit. Oh, it's, it's, come it's, on, Stephen. This is a child. Well, this is a PG on, show hold, here. Hold on. Hold <laughs> Shut the on. fuck up. But the way they present it is this guy who is out of touch with technology and he, 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 he like tackles that in the very, like, not a humble way, uh, in, in the very, like, oh shit, what am I doing here? Like, you know, it, it's very funny and just, uh, out of place. It feels like with, because Yakuza is, is a series that takes place like within the span of like 10 or so years. So like Zero takes place like in the late 80s and then Yakuza 6 takes place like in modern times. So the advent of technology, smartphones and all that is just a shell shock to Kazuma, who is always very, you know, humble, but very serious in his approach two things um and then for this entry since it's the final one it uh involves him trying to find haruka which is his uh not his real life daughter but someone he looks after and then she's grown to be you know uh a young lady and then she disappears but she leaves a child behind so that whole mystery just uh goes through the entire narrative uh and tonally it, it 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 sort of touches on the idea of family legacy and what it means to be there for someone um regardless of the circumstances uh there's a there's like a a, a kind of macguffin plot device that's used at uh, at the end of the game that mm-hmm. i'm kind of like not privy to but the way they present it isn't really as far-fetched yeah. as one might think 
uh, as it deals with the uh, social political themes of Japan um, and who has uh, control uh, within the political dynasties. Um, But by and large, I really enjoyed Yakuza 6. I think it's inferior to Zero because, again, Zero was just so immaculate in its tone and its in its presentation Yakuza 6 is a good send off for the series and I really can't wait to go back uh, and just play the ones that I missed out on just to connect the dots a bit more and appreciate this entry for what it's worth huh okay interesting I I was gonna say I was gonna cut in um, when you said MacGuffin because I was like you hate MacGuffin (laughs) MacGuffins and stars Yeah, yeah, for, for for certain, but like it, it doesn't really like this MacGuffin is is really more of a it's more like why is this why is this narrative being propelled towards towards this end point and the MacGuffin that is presented at the end is is more like okay, well this is the reason why there's so much uh chaos within these political factions that are trying to, you know, fight over you know w- w- what that means to to Kazuma what that means to ha- ha- Haruka his uh, her her daughter i mean her her son um and just like by like for the most part i was okay with it mm-hmm. but then when the actual ending occurred and we realized what the fate of 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 Kazuma Kiryu is i was like man this just makes so much thematic sense for this character where he's been through what he means to the series and to the player that's playing it i just think it's uh it's very it's very reminiscent of like the dark knight rises going a bit into spoiler territory here but interesting that's what it reminded me a lot of. So, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, great game. Um, I I kind of wish I played the other entries first because probably thirty percent of the time I was confused with some characters that I've never even, you know, encountered yet. So, it's still a solid entry. Definitely interesting, huh? Well, I might have to play the first one first because I have we. I mean, we have them both, um, but I tried playing six and i just was like what the fuck is going on i think i just probably need to start from zero uh, um yeah all right well but if if the prospect of starting yakuza is too daunting for you they're creating a different series with new characters uh called judgment eyes uh and that would be a good starting point to what that studio is capable of in terms of its storytelling and gameplay elements Hmm. Um, that would be coming out later this year. And is it kind of like in the same vein as Yakuza? No, well, they're using the same game engine um, updated, obviously, but it's a completely new story, new main uh, character, and it's basically like Ace Attorney, if you ever heard of that, where you're playing as an attorney and you go to crazy... uh, cases and you try and connect the dots i don't think judgment nice will carry like the same gameplay template but at least it's a good starting point if if, if you feel daunted by like oh shit there's like what six seven yakuza games if, if that feels daunting i, I feel like judgment nice will be a good introduction to a new series and you can kind of get the gist of what yakuza was hmm. all right well i'll definitely have to check that out man sounds interesting Hopefully it's good. Huh. 
Okay. Well, number nine for myself. I I did think about what I wanted to put for number nine. Um, and I think finally it makes sense. I'm going to put Super Smash Brothers at number nine. Uh, for reasons because I love, and don't get me wrong, I love Super Smash Brothers. I've actually had a lot of fun. I haven't played too much of the World of Light because I found that the, uh, not the hack or a glitch, but, um, the way to unlock characters just by playing went a lot faster. Um, I've fa- fairly enjoyed playing the classic mode, actually, where you go to each player and they kind of have a different scenario of enemies you have to fight based upon which character you pick. For Marth, it's a bunch of dragons. And at the end, I think the main boss is the Rathalos from uh, Monster Hunter World. And you have to fight that. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I've also played Ness. I don't recall exactly who the boss was at the end of that one. I think it's Giga Bowser. Maybe it wasn't Ness. I played a few different characters, but um, long story short, I, I've highly enjoyed the game. Um, if I had to say any gripes, I mean, once you unlock the all the characters, it kind of, unless you have like a bunch of people to play with all the time, for me, it slows it down. Of course, the online mode uh, initially had startup when it, when I started the online mode, I couldn't really play it that much. Um, and I don't find myself going back to that as often because I just don't because the skill level of people is just so high on online is kind of daunting. But at the same time, um, it is fun to go in with a couple of friends and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a solid, solid. I mean, it's smash what you kind of have to try really hard to fuck up smash. But um, and I love the fact that all the characters are there uh, again. I, w- I wonder if they're going to do the same thing for the next one. <laughs> Um, because it definitely will there be a next one. That's the, the of course question. there fucking is. It's Nintendo. They're gonna milk every baby off. What are they gonna do? It, like it's like saying, is there gonna be another Mario Party? Well, sure, but the difference being is that Smash is more refined and more technical, and I feel like it takes more effort to make a good Smash game than it does a Mario Party. True. Not to diminish Mario Party. Mario Party is great, but Sakurai, the lead designer of Smash, like he takes his time, and I feel like with the way they framed the subtitle of Ultimate and how they brought everyone back, and they just jammed so much. I'm I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. I I truly think this is like the equivalent of the orange box of this generation. As in, there's so much content in this game that could last you for years. Um, both short, both short term uh, and long term, with like the different modes, World of Light, the whole spirits is just basically a you know it could be taken off of like a grindy mobile game like Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. where it's like you have to collect all these spirits and like level them up and all that. Like it's just so much replayability if you're down for that type of gameplay systems and uh, feedback loops, right? But yeah, if, I mean, if you think they're not going to release another one for the next generation of consoles, whenever the fuck that comes from Nintendo, um, I I think you may. I mean, they might release it. I could see that at a minimum. But yeah, this might be the last Smash for a while. But I we just, will see Smash I, yeah, in the next I, generation too. I just want too. to clarify that that this probably won't be the the last Smash we'll get. But it'll probably be the last that is directed by Sakurai because yeah. I, I feel like 
yeah i i feel like this is his love letter to his fans i feel like this is his like hey this is all that i i could give out i'm probably gonna do something else next which is you know could be exciting or nintendo could be fuck ups and be like you know what you're gonna be stuck here with us for the rest of your life <laughs> and just welcome to hell and- we're uh, all here yeah, yeah. That is uh, one kind of hell that one would not be privy to. Probably but, not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh. Yeah. So that's why I chose Smash as my number nine. Just a solid game overall. It's not because I hate it. It's just because there's a lot of shit to go through on this my list, and uh, I feel like each one of these games is a, a good, a good addition. So. I will pass it over to you, good sir, to tell us what your next is. My number eight pick is Marvel's Spider-Man. It's lower on here because I feel like what it does right uh, is sort of like in concept when you think of Spider-Man and you think of how to apply that to a video game. We've had numerous Spider-Man games, a whole bunch that I can't list off of my off the top of my head with the seminal Spider-Man 2 being like the one that people latch on to. I was always, uh, I always liked the original Spider-Man, the one based off the movie on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. That was my jam back in the day. But this Spider-Man for 2018 developed by Insomniac, um, I feel like it just hits, it just hits it so well. Like the exploration, the web slinging, it's just so meticulous, very responsive, very fast. Um, I hate using the term. Oh, it makes you feel like Spider Man, or it makes you feel like Batman. <laughs> well, no but like, shit. <laughs> but but like yeah, but like Insomniac nails it. Like they are known for creating uh, systems of exploration that really incentivize you to play around with, like just you know, slinging left to right, uh, doing aerial combo maneuvers, or like you know, dealing with enemies on the ground. Uh, their pedigree is there. I mean. They're just a very creative uh, studio when when it comes to that. So for this entry, the one thing that really struck to me, though, the most is the story. Uh, I honestly was not expecting such a fairly tight, uh, cohesive story that blends all elements of Spider-Man's legacy, but also throw a curveball or two near the end to make you really rethink what Spider-Man as a uh, comic book icon can be um and then just the whole social economic uh aspects of like what we're dealing with in our society at present and how spider-man here is presented as a millennial who can't who didn't pay his rent so now he's getting kicked out like they ground it in the way for peter parker to be like hey this guy is exactly like any other dude uh very similar to how spider-man into the spider-verse which is a great movie. I fucking uh, loved it. Such a good movie. Um, where its thematic message was mostly like anyone can be Spider-Man. Uh, and I feel like while this game doesn't go that far, it at least applies grounded context and gives us a reason to care for Peter Parker in a way that I didn't really care about him in many other like movies or entries. Um um the one thing i do have to knock against it though is the uh open world design which again i it's hard to 
label this as open world because you have your linear missions, you have your stealth missions. Uh, but by and large, I mean, I, I guess you could say it is an open world, but I don't like to categorize it as much because to me, an open world means being able to do a lot of different things yeah. and interact with the environment. Spider-Man feels very static. It feels very archaic in a way that I kind of wish Insomniac hopefully for the for the sequel they will push the envelope and really hammer the details of of that open world uh to make it less less um less grindy less you know this is a game where yeah less less fetch quests um but again um i really do feel like it, it it's it's like the closest comparison will be obviously okay well is spider-man on par better than the batman arkham games and i think it's safe to say that it it, it really topples a lot of what rocksteady has done with batman in in many ways uh but again the the whole uh fetch quest design uh really really brought down my enjoyment. The stealth missions are absolutely not a joy to play. I like that they add context to the story. I like how you could play as different characters, Mary Jane and uh, as Miles. I at, hated at one the Mary point. Jane missions. They were the worst. Yeah, they are. They are pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like with the next entry, Insomniac will really sort of cover their bases this time and really make a more modern feeling open world game that really suits Spider-Man. They have nailed down the feel of the web slinging so much that now they just have to do the auxiliary, the auxiliary like game design aspects of the next game, mm-hmm. which will be a bit more easier to pin down in my opinion. Yeah. It, but yeah, that's why it's number eight. Pretty solid game. I, I mean, I really love that game too. But there is a different game that deserves my number eight spot. And that game is Overcooked 2. Overcooked 2. Why did I pick Overcooked 2 to be on this list? Well, simply because it's such a fantastic game that literally anybody can pick up. Kind of like, I mean... Not, not everyone can pick up Smash, but like it's very approachable in that the art style is very, very nice. And for what it is, it, it that Overcooked Two goes way more into the cartoony aspect of art. But the gameplay is fast, fun, fucking challenging. You and I both can attest to that. Where it's like five seconds left on the clock, you're trying to get the last meal in just to get that third star, but nope, you fucked up. Or if you're playing the challenge modes, you're just trying to survive, really. And trying to make sure the whole place doesn't set ablaze with overcooked things. Um, No pun intended. And so it's just a a mastery of craziness that happens in this game. Like the fucking, the kitchen will split in two and an earthquake will happen. Like just so many crazy things and you have to toss like food back. Enough to suffice to say it deserves my number eight spot because it's a great game. You can play it on one fucking controller, or if you have it on the switch, like a, like four joy cons. Um, there's just like different outfits you can wear. It's just a solid game overall. Um, and there's little to gripe about with it. I mean, I would say other than the fact that, I mean, 
yeah what do you find about the game that you didn't like very much if i'm trying to jog my memory it's very hard to dislike a game but i think the one again it's really not a knock against it it's not on my top 10 uh but i feel like it's like one of those short-term games you play for like a yeah, week or so but then like you just completely forget about it although i will attest that the game does teach you how to become a, a master chef and open <laughs> up your own restaurant business so i mean i will say I, I think that has a lot going for it yeah unless you're gordon Ramsay, in which case what the fuck is this game what are you doing no get out of here get out of my top 10 it's fucking <laughs> lunatics <laughs> I just Ramsey that off my top ten. So, oh, that's great. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's the lamb sauce, Karen? No, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the game. That is the one thing I realized over time. I haven't gone back to it unless I want to play it with you, or that's about it, right? I'm not gonna go after trying to play it by myself um unless i yeah. like unless i start playing it then i'm like okay yeah we'll try to play it by play and i'll play it it's a very social affair mm-hmm. similar to how smash although i guess one could argue with smash you can kind of have an okay time single player with the world of light and all that but yeah true overcooked 2 is playing it single player defeats the purpose you might as well just uninstall it from your system if you're not going to play it with buddies exactly but yeah it deserves my number eight spot so, good sir, what is your next number? My next number is one of my favorite numbers, number seven, and that goes to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hmm. Uh, you already talked about it in length, but I wanted to just add the uh, the World of Light. I think I haven't completed it. I'm, I'm not really that far in, but it has intrigued me enough to where I, I do want to go back to it. <laughs> the the whole spirit system is novel for smash uh it's it's definitely uh it's it's certainly in addition to the series that i it it, it's kind of new for it but also not because smash is ultimately you can also consider it as a -a collect-a-thon where you just collect stuff right the assist trophies and all this other stuff that the series is known for and this just takes us to the next level um but the one thing that really intrigues me about Smash is just the amount of value it provides for for the sixty dollars. Um, it's just insane. I just go back to like, fuck, the last Smash game that I've played seriously, not not competitively. I'm not that good, but like just like long term, was Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube. Like that was the last one I played. I was really neck deep, like knee deep in it, um, and. Just to be able to like catch up to where Smash is now and have every character, all past DLCs from previous entries, just to be able to come back and be like, oh my god, I have so many new characters to learn, to master, to just like unlock. It, it's just crazy. Uh, it, it definitely feels like, hey, if you haven't played Smash in a while, that's fine because we have all the bases covered. And you can enjoy them for what it's for 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 what it's worth. Um, not to mention like the the season pass and like just the wild speculation about who's going to be introduced as a fighter. We already have the confirmation of Joker from Persona Five. I mean, I pretty much almost screamed like a fangirl when that occurred. I did not yeah, expect that, was, that at uh, all. That injured my ears. So. Uh, the possibilities are almost endless um 
for Super Smash Brothers, and I'm really excited about its future and how Nintendo is going to cultivate uh, its support around it for the next few years. Um, I guess the only gripe I have with it is again, it, it's really playing with like the uh, with the sensibilities of like you kind of know what you're getting with Smash. There's nothing really out of place with it there's nothing unique or transformative for the franchise this feels like a greatest hits album of one of your favorite brands and that's not a bad thing to be you know no um but 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 like you know there uh, there are times where i'm like okay you know i got my fill for 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 smash for now I'll, i'll come back to it it's a highly replayable game but it's also a game where it's like you don't feel committed it doesn't pull you in uh outside of the realm of like just playing with friends and that's its greatest strength um so yeah it's a exceptional game uh as i said previously i think it's the orange box of this generation um it's just great yeah overall such a fantastic game um all right so number seven for myself I choose to go to Dead Cells. Yes, Dead oh, Cells. That's that, that's lower than expected, to be honest. Yes, lower than expected, but we got to fill up uh, a few things. Um, I love Dead Cells. I absolutely love Dead Cells. Um, whether it's the over, you get to play it over and over and over again. Uh, having a different setup, different weapons, the challenge alone. It's like it's a it's a. Uh, metroidvania um it it plays just like that you know you're going through you don't there's like a bit of a story but you don't really need to know too much um probably until the end where it's revealed something happens which i still haven't beat so i don't know i hear if you beat it a second time it's different you beat it a third time it's different probably that's all the times it makes it ever different um but yeah overall fantastic game i love uh, I haven't been back to it in a bit, but last time I played it uh, or I watched it being played, I saw someone just going through using literally a shield and an ice blast. And that was all they needed because they had daggers and a bunch of like, like um, the repeaters with the arrows and they were just absolutely m- murdering people. I feel like one of the things uh, about the game that makes it a little bit, um, but not as good is probably the fact like you'll get frustrated like I do. If you're, if you're prone to get frustrated, this game is going to make you frustrated all day long, not in the bad way in that it's challenging. If you don't like a challenge, this game may not be for you. Um, But I enjoy a challenge. So the thing about it is, is that, when like I would get super frustrated, I'd just be like, "Well, fuck! I'm just done with this game for now." Because I, you'll get to this same spot, and you won't get, be able to get through. I think usually it's the clock tower, like, or just the first two stages. You'll get to the clock tower, you're like, "Shit, okay, I got to get back to the clock tower." And you'll do this run, and then you'll die in the first stage. And you're like, "Shit, how does that happen? Why did it? Why did I work all this fucking way just to get shot down in my prime?" <laughs> you know, it gives you that feeling. But yeah, overall, fantastic game. Um, and the way that you collect each of these, uh, the way you you know you you die, but you're also trying to get these dead cells in order to then pay off. And 
get more items and unlock more things that your person can do more health regen more you know as you normally would do in say like a dark souls kind of game or bloodborne-esque kind of game you're just going through dying and trying again so overall fantastic game and that's why it sits on my number seven of ten interesting i i I would always reckon that you would have it higher because I remember when uh, you got it and then you were playing and you're like, oh, my God, just so addicted to it. But that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, over time, it does kind of taper off um, with like how, you know, I still love it if I play it right now. But then again, there's other games that I've been playing, you know, recently. um, And I've just been finding like, you know, enjoyment in those. You kind of just, you know, keep moving on, but you do come back sometimes. And I don't have the feeling like I'm like, oh, I really have a hankering to play this today necessarily. But sometimes if I'm sitting down, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll play Dead Cells. And it's a fun time whenever you want to go play it. So I hear you. Good, sir, Steven. What is your next game? My number six spot is Dead Cells. <laughs> I thought it was going oh, to be higher, yeah. Stephen. <laughs> higher? What? That's what you said to me. No. I thought it would be higher on your list. Um, Dead Cells almost broke top five for me this year. Uh, it's a very competent Metroidvania, as you mentioned. Um, it's just the the one thing that really knocks it down a peg or two for me is just the and and again they are. They are updating the game, making major updates to sort of like deal with like some of the problems that it has. But like one of my major gripes prior to any updates they might have uh, implemented recently is the idea of like the the economy having this major gap where like you collect these dead cells and there's like, you know, okay, so you get the upgrade to carry an additional potion so that you could, you know, it kind of pushes you more further into your 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 runs so that you could you know um survive long enough and at a certain point there's like this huge gap where like what the fuck it goes from like requiring like again i don't remember the numbers specifically but like it goes from like oh you 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 need 750 cells for for this third upgrade but then it goes to like 1500 for like the final upgrade or something it's like this oh, yeah. huge gap of like what like what the fuck You're grinding it's, it like, out. it's like needlessly like prolonging it so that it incentivizes you to keep playing and that's not inherently a bad thing but to me it felt like i was making less progress the more i played the game which is counterproductive in my opinion um some of the weapons feel a bit lackluster in comparison to some of the stronger ones the and the way oh yeah um the ice bow was my go-to because it it just made it you know it just changed the difficulty from super challenging to like almost easy mode <laughs> so like some of the weapon tuning and balancing probably got updated since the last time i played but that's yeah. basically what my go-to was. <laughs> the Just enemies. use ice. Yeah. yeah. The enemies can't touch you if they can't fucking move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah but like the 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 core gameplay just the that gameplay loop of just starting a new run and just figuring out okay how do I want to approach this run differently from the final one you know that's uh, the, the hallmark of a good roguelike 
game is just you know giving you the tools in in different ways uh so that you can proceed with how you want to play and that's the one thing i really love about that cells and it's just the the just the way it controls feels very solid i very very few times i felt like shit that shouldn't have happened no it happened because i fucked up and it was my fault it wasn't the game's fault it wasn't the controls fault it was my fault that i died this soon in my run um some of the enemies get really challenging as you progress through the stages obviously seriously but like the yeah, go ahead. Seriously, one of the worst ones is this big motherfucker walking around, dragging his goddamn sword around in the damn clock tower. And then you get up to him. He's like, oh, yeah, poof, he's behind you. And he's like, ah, he's already murdering yeah. you. One hit, well, wonder. Yeah. Teleportation. Yeah, that's that's quite the common theme in the later stages. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I never completed a full run, but I got to the last area and I didn't know I was area in my mind i thought i was like only halfway through the game but actually i was at the very end mm-hmm. so i was so um i was so like out of potions i was just completely <laughs> out of resources and i was like fuck man i don't think i could keep up with the tempo of all these enemies and their speed it, it, it just gets ridiculous and I, I i just gave up but had i known i was in the last last section i i, I would have pulled through and just pushed furthermore Instead of just saying fuck it, maybe I'll uh, I'll redo a, a run, get a similar weapon set, skill set, and I'll I'll know what to do now with the information that I gathered. Um, that game is very uh, exceptional. It's uh, definitely a, a highlight of this year. It's a game that you can commit long hours to, or maybe 30, 40 minutes. You know, it's it's a very portable game in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. It uh, respects your time in many ways. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, if if you have to go somewhere or you're like having you got a quick amount of time, you can just die instantly. You're going to save a lot of time because it's going to kill you anyway. The game, you know, and it works out that way sometimes. So you might be wondering what my number six is. Good, sir. Speaking of portable and time sensitive games and measuring uh your time wisely and making sure your turns mean everything in the game and making sure you get those bug motherfuckers of course i'm talking about into the breach into the breach what a fucking amazing game um this deserves my i mean this deserves my number 6 spot because it, it it's just an overall amazing game. It, I was thinking about placing it higher, but then I was like, oh, there's this game, and there's this game. So I I gave it the number six spot because um, it, there's it's just a fucking great chess game in essence. I mean, you have to make sacrifices uh, when you're taking turns. So like, there'll be a bug gonna attack this building, but there's gonna be another bug that's gonna attack the this building uh, the same building and then another building and you have to figure out how can you move them can you push them are some of your uh some of your um mechs immobile at the current moment it's just fucking insane sometimes you're like especially when you get to the final stage and you're like oh fuck there's you know a volcano gonna explode and i gotta make sure i move out of the way and or push 
a uh, push or pull a bug into one of the one of the uh, the dangers, and so it just makes it cr- like a crazy fun time. I've beaten the game on easy, mind you, because I I suck. Um, but it's it's just yeah. There's 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 a lot good to the game. Uh, if I had to say anything bad, I mean, fuck. Yeah, it's hard. That's a game that you really have to nitpick to find any flaws at all. Like my my only nitpick is that I kind of wish they didn't do the whole. The timeline is the same every time. Yeah. I wish they could have changed like the story context of like the different faction leaders yeah, different of each region. Yeah, I would, and I would say with that different too. dialogue, different characters. Like that would be my only nitpick. Of or if the there's game. kind of like a tear in the time space continu- space time continuum. It's like because you came back there's something up with your character or you're fucking up like the, how, how things work. Like uh-huh. their main. There's, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's not really in your face where it's like, you have these different pilots come through different timelines and their pod <laughs> falls on, on the map and you have to go rescue it. Mm-hmm. And then you get like a certain upgrade or a, a new pilot, which is most of the time. Um, but yeah, like I, I kind of wish they did lean more towards that, that fantasy of like skip of like you know skipping timelines and having a previous timeline effect. I mean, what happens in, in in your previous timeline does affect your next timeline in a gameplay sense, in the sense of like, okay, you can only take one pilot with you to save. All your other pilots are gone; they're wiped. So. By and large, like just having that pilot go to the next timeline and then knowing like, fuck, okay, he's, he's, he's catered towards this mech. Uh, his, his mech is upgraded with this and that, like mm-hmm. there is forethought to what you can think about when it comes to like, you know, jumping timelines. Uh, I just wish it was more contextual to the, to the story and it doesn't really have that much story, but yeah. Right. Yeah, just a overall solid game. And I think you're going to have a problem with me uh, on my next one. But for now, good sir, what is your next game on your list? My number five used to be Monster Hunter World. Used to be. You're prefacing. Okay. I'm prefacing. However, having thinking about it more and more, I think number five for me is Red Dead Redemption 2. The more I think about this game, the more my opinion of it has shifted. Not necessarily negative, but just the scope of what Rockstar is doing with its online system, with the way they handled certain elements of 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 the single player. Red Dead 2 is the most ambitious game ever made. It's probably the most expensive game ever made. It's like it's a juggernaut of just so many departments and resources just poured into it. And a lot of it with love, care. It is an immaculate narrative of Arthur Morgan and the Old West dying. Um, and I just wish that translated into the gameplay systems that Rockstar has tried to cultivate. But some aspects feel very half-assed. Some aspects feel very archaic and again i 
I think it's fair to criticize me whenever I, I try and make comparisons, as in like the comparison I'm going to do now. Breath of the Wild last year was just a much more intimate, a much more sprawling, a much more meticulous game. And then to cover the basis of just being able to climb anything, it just I play Red Dead next to that, and again, their their games going for different. Right. Obviously, different, different, different like, styles, different things. But like, but like, every time I play an open world, I'm always going to compare it to Breath of the Wild. And again, I I don't think it's fair to do that. I'm admitting to that. But Breath of the Wild was such an eye-opening experience to me that I'm like, man, it's really hard to play other open world games. Like, I'll play them, but I'm not going to find that magic that Breath of the Wild. <laughs> did to me last year uh in 2017 so when i play red dead 2 i'm marking it this high because of its narrative strength and how rockstar has matured from going from this very heavy satire of american culture and society that's very ham-fisted i i was getting tired of like the nihilistic tendencies to just you know make fun of everything and yeah we are a shitty culture and society yada yada but to play red dead 2 and go through arthur morgan's journey from becoming this outlaw to redeeming himself uh and sort of playing with the themes of altruism at the very end it kind of reminds me a little bit of like blade runner 2049 i think that's my favorite movie of all time Hmm. uh but but just like the altruism part of the narrative is is what really grabbed me and, and it held me and it is it, by and large again i think red dead 2 is vastly vastly superior to the first game and i really mean that even with the gameplay systems but when i think about like the pre-marketing hype uh of red dead 2 and what and what my expectations for this game could have been and again, this is a fall on me because I was expecting maybe a bit too much for this game. But the gameplay systems that Rockstar mm-hmm. have sort of tried to create with Red Dead 2 with the survival mechanics, the morality system, which I really think they should just cut entirely um, with, with just the way the limited options the game gives you. The, the game sort of masks its machinery and they really uh elusive way it gives you the idea that you can do a a lot of things and how you want to approach them in the open world that's not really the case one example i want to point out is when you go to saint denis and you encounter this beggar you give him a a coin or two right Mm -hmm. and then he sort of grabs you by the hand and he tells you oh hey i heard that this uh, shop owner here in saint denis this the the gun shop owner he uh he's he's hiding this secret poker room and uh you should ask him about it and maybe you know you could maybe rob the place or whatnot or you know that's not what what the bigger said, but the implication was, oh yeah. So in my mind, when I did that string of uh, of a side activity, I was like, okay, this is where the high stakes poker room is. I could join in. I don't have to rob them. Uh, I could join in, and I could now play. You know, with hundreds with hundred dollar bills. You know, that like, would you be know, awesome. That would have been awesome, <laughs> but. When you do confront the gun shop owner and you force him to open the door and you go up, 
they there is no option to just be like, hey, I'll keep this a secret, but let me be a player. Let me gamble my money too. Right. That would have opened just so much more options with like, you know, oh hey, you can approach this this thing a certain way and you have completely different results with someone else who's playing it who's playing the game completely separate than you. And then when I was like, okay, I'm gonna talk to the guy once I'm in the poker room, but no, it doesn't give me the option. Instead, they become more aggressive. They they question me, and I the the dialogue options didn't give me the opportunity to you know cultivate my own story. I, what I'm asking for isn't this complex web of like different uh, results from just one side quest. I'm just asking for more than one option or the, more more than one approach that that I can take for this. But the game just continues to hamper me with like, okay, well, now you're going to rob this place. So you better either, you know, hogtie these guys or kill them or whatever. And the lockbox is over here. And there you go. Take the money and you're out. And now that poker room is completely non-existent for the rest of the game. Uh, And my expectations for what I wanted to happen just didn't occur because Rockstar was formulating this... uh, this level of control over me that I was not expecting them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really hampered my experience within the single player. Again, this is just one, one case. There are other aspects that I could, you know, point to the single player mission design is very old, very archaic. It's taking, it's still taking notes from Grand Theft Auto three. I mean, that's as far back. Like it's, 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 it's stupid, crazy how, how how Rockstar is trying to um, trying to shoehorn the player to this one linear path, and I I just don't know it. I'm giving Red Dead to number five, top five spot because I feel like the strength of its narrative is too strong for me to just you know have it be lower. But at the end of the day, when it comes to player agency and gameplay. I feel like Red Dead 2 is too uh, too compromised to consider it uh, higher up Do on my list. I also think that you gave Red Dead 2 the spot number five instead of higher because possibly you had a hype train show up and shoot you in the face a little bit. The okay, so just to add the context, I was reading like some of the uh, preview events or like people high in, in influencers who played the game early and there was this one guy who uh said you know oh i i encountered this one like uh guy who was hunting and he was telling me about this this like you know he was hunting like this specific animal and yada yada and it felt very organic it it felt very real like it wasn't scripted but then i encountered that same experience and I was like, okay, well, I, I, I heard about this happen. Uh, a, they, the, the way that Red Dead 2 sort of mixes up its dynamic events is that it will have someone else sort of just be the head of that dynamic event. So you won't encounter the same person most of the time. Right. But by and large, the dynamic events, once you got the uh, guy who got bit by a snake, once you got the... Uh, the the person near um strawberry asking for directions Once and then having those the repeat yeah drunk guy with the carriage saying wait here 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they repeat enough to where it's like, okay, this is breaking my immersion with a game that that's like its marketing hallmark is immersion it's all about immersion it's all about having like this living breathing world but when the machinery breaks down a little bit and you see the gears for what it is it's like oh my god i just fuck i wanted this to feel like a next gen game and in some aspects it does it's sound design the way there's over 150 animal species the hunting is very good I've probably spent like 60% of my time just hunting. Um, but like for every, for like, for like everything else that I just can, you know, criticize and nitpick and whatnot, it just becomes too large for me to ignore in the grand scheme of what an open world game should be in a post breath of the wild industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my rant. That's my take on Red Dead 2. I think Arthur Morgan is one of the best video game characters of all time. I think the narrative is a top three, top five game narrative of all time as well. Again, the caliber, uh, the the different characters, the events that occur, it's also well told. But the gameplay aspect of Red Dead 2... Um, I do feel like some of the people that complain about the about the way Arthur feels, like how slow he feels, like the controls, all that, I don't really care about. That's kind of the point. He's a heavier dude. Yeah, not- yeah. Like, like again, it's really about the authorship of of Rockstar that really they have a vision and they want the player to follow that vision, and I'm fine with that. It's just that I feel like that's the antithesis the antithesis of what an open world should be now. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my take on Red Dead Two. I think it's a it's an it's an it's an amazing game. Um, I think it's Rockstar's best game uh, by far. But yeah, there are just some aspects that I can't ignore. Interesting. So that's why it's number five. Alrighty. Well, yeah, I uh, I definitely have Red Dead on this list. I won't tell you where. Um, but something I did not think I, I was considering my number five spot. I was considering where I should put this game. And this game uh definitely um I, I started thinking about this game a while ago, about a week ago, and I was like, man, I I think it needs to be on here. It doesn't need to be number one, but I think it definitely needs to be on here. And this game is God of War. Um, yeah. So God of War, number five. Um, fucking good game. Solid game. Love it a lot. Uh, for the time that I played it, it was, yeah, I, I didn't actually even get to the Muspelheim or the Alfheim section of the game. I think it's Alfheim. No. Isn't Alfheim like the first yeah, uh, it's one of the first places zone you go to? Yeah. yeah. But Muspelheim and the other one, the other like end game area. Um didn't get to get to those. Gameplay wise, the game is pretty fucking satisfying. Uh whether it's you playing with a you know uh a little bit of a spoiler here. But obviously if you haven't played the game yet, then whatever. Um you know, the when you get the blades of chaos. Uh or if you want to use the axe and sometimes you have to use the blades of chaos and sometimes you don't 
and sometimes you won't want to use the axe um for example when it comes to the you know the, the uh the fucking frost giant no not the frost giants what the fuck are they the the freeze the frozen the trolls the, no like the frozen enemies that you have to use the the uh, blades of chaos for and then if you're going after the heart not the harpies <laughs> god damn it the uh, the valkyries I keep I want to say harpies because they kind of remind me of harpies feather duster or the the harpy girl the harpy girls ladies Yu-Gi-Oh. Luke, Yu-Gi-Oh. um one of those uh. They just and they those provide an extra challenge for the for the kit player after the game is done. I haven't even gotten mm-hmm. I never got to the the queen, the um Valkyrie Queen, but goddamn she's apparently the worst because she can do all the stuff, all the she fights all the different ways of the and then some. Um but yeah, uh and then the story. Um I personally think that it is a fantastic story. I mean, there's some problems with it when it comes to pacing and like people you actually fight. I mean, one of the best fight scenes you have in the game is when you fight the sons of Thor um, and all that stuff. And and then when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, fuck, I'm blanking right now on the main bad guy's name. And I, Balder. 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 I said it right as I right as I thought about it, I said it. Um Balder is one of the uh one of the greatest bad guys. Um mainly just the way his mannerisms and how he talks and he doesn't I have a poor impression, but you know, it's like, ah, just kill me. Like he's a, he's clearly crazy. Yeah, like I was intrigued by him for like the first half, but then when you fight him like the final time, I was like Okay, dude, just 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 lay the fuck down already. Sh- kind of got, <laughs> yeah, I kind of got a little tired of him at the end, but by and lo- but like for the most part, I I really did enjoy him as a foil to Kratos in a way mm-hmm. um, because you have a really strong ass guy that's not gonna go you know down for easily, and then you have then you have Balder who can't feel pain until of course you know certain events happen um but yeah and i really like the biggest thing for me in this whole game is the mythos the change from the greek mythos to the norse mythos fantastic i've just whether it's you know the witch of the woods and if you know anything about her you know who she is and Thor, which you get a glimpse of, and Zeus, or fucking god damn it, not Zeus, <laughs> Odin. I am losing my mind. It's it's kind of hard. I mean, you know, it's God of War we're talking about, but um, with Odin, you know, you get his ravens, and you don't like, you know, you know, he who he's probably going to be the guy you fight in the third game, or maybe the second at the end of the second game. You know where he's going to show up eventually. Same thing with Thor, especially after you fight his kids and kill them. So yeah, if if we could like deploy predictions here, I feel like Thor will be the major antagonist of oh, the yeah. second game, and then Odin will be the final one. Yeah, it, it feels pretty clear cut from here. But you know, they they mentioned they had plans for more than just a trilogy. Like they wanted to do like four or five God of War titles. So who yeah, knows? I'm down for it if they want to pull it that far. Ooh. I mean, um, 
And then so what? So you mentioned God of War is fifth, right, on yes. your list? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I just want to say my piece on that. Uh, it's not on my list. I think it's overrated. I think it's vastly overrated in many aspects. I feel like the uh, intent. So I, I really wanted to ask you one thing. Mm-hmm. What was your opinion on the one take camera thing where it's just like this one take where there are no low, there, there, there are no like screens to load. Everything is fairly seamless for the most part. What did, did that, was that a huge plus for you or did you not care about it? I mean, not a huge plus, but you know, I, I didn't really care about it too much. I think people are overhyping. It's like, Oh my God, one cut. It's like, okay, but it's a video, you know, it's, I mean, the loading time you can do like minuscule loading when you're opening doors and all that stuff. When there's Uh a cut scene, there can be kind of a loading thing there. If you do it right. Um, You know, there's, it wasn't too big of a thing. Um, regarding the, the seamless one take cut aspect, I feel like it had good intentions. Uh, it's fine for a game to aspire for ambition like that. I, I really appreciate the lead direction by Corey and his team. Uh, I think it's, I just think it's a little misdirected because having that one take, when we think about a one take, especially in cinema, what do you think about? You think about like the fourth episode of True Detective. You think about the 45 minute episode of Mr. Robot in season three. You think about how like one take is supposed to funnel the viewer into this pretty intense moment or to give you a very seamless perspective. But the difference between a movie and a game like God of War is that God of War can be a 30 plus hour game, right? Mm hmm. For a TV show or a movie, it's usually one long take. Even the movies that try and go for like a two hour long take as like a gimmick. And most of the time it doesn't work because I feel like the intent of a one long take is how abrupt it kind of feels. But you're in the moment and the intensity behind it. Like when you think about True Detective, right? Mm-hmm. Russ Cole going through the uh, the ghetto to try and you know find his uh, his drug dealer. Uh, buddy and capture him it's it, it's only about six minutes but you feel that intensity because of how short it is also because of and, what the context is but yeah it's just like a very intense yeah, six minutes but like with but like with god of war having this one take the whole purpose of the one take is to make you care about things you really want bother caring about so having that spread across the entire game misses the whole point in my opinion uh it makes you want to care about the very benign stuff that you do in God of War, like the side activities. Like, okay, opening the chest, opening this. When they could have used other uh, camera techniques that other games have done to really emphasize certain aspects of it, of, of God of War and, and the way it approaches its level design, I feel could have really elevated it. And I feel like the whole seamless take detracts and actually hampers the experience because now the combat has to abide by the one long take. You have several different elements that have to abide by it. The camera has to be behind Kratos like in such short proximity at all times. So it it, it, it hampers your awareness. And even though they give you tools and like icons and indicators to tell you, hey, there's an enemy behind Kratos when you're in combat. But there are other action games within the certain... Uh, genre that have done it way better. Oh, yeah, yeah that so, is one of my so definite again, big gripes about the game. Like 
yeah, you're fighting. Like, it, in, like your combat goes red, right? Yeah, yeah. Combat feels good. It feels good to get the axe, to throw it, to have it come back. It's definitely one of those defining traits of God of War that they should really keep close to their chest. Um, moving forward with uh, with with more entries. But I really think they should really step out of that bubble of that one long take and just like use it sparingly in in like certain cutscenes or events that warrants its inclusion that doesn't hamper with the combat or with the movement. And 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 again, it's going for a more grounded approach to its uh, exploration and combat. And I'm fine with that. But the one thing I really didn't like about God of War is the sort of lack of interesting bosses mm-hmm. to tackle. That's what I was like. Uh, I, I like the two or the three technically, if you count both brothers. Yeah. Maybe the dragon. Yeah, yeah the uh, the dragon was it felt it felt like it played itself in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh it doesn't it, it didn't feel challenging at all. Um so again, I, I, I commend God of War for what it was trying to do. I think it was misguided. And again, this is just on me, but that cliffhanger that it does at the end when Thor arrives at the house, I felt was unearned because the game was building up to this moment. It was building your expectations. And if knowing that this was not going to be a standalone narrative, I would have been okay okay with it but i was really thinking okay maybe we do fight thor at the end and that would have been really fucking awesome but it just never occurred and my expectations were just shot through and just buried because it was like oh my god really they're Mm. going to do the whole marvel you know after credit scene this is for the next time it to me it feels very unfinished in a way that uh conceptually Execution-wise, it's a very polished game. I'm not going to deny that. But that's why I didn't really enjoy it as much as people are salivating over it. Um, Like myself. It used to be my number one. It used to be. That was way before we even talked about this. Yeah, yeah, especially with the low-key review uh, Mm -hmm. at the end. That was a big Yeah. uh, At first, I was like, oh, my God, they are so fucking trying to stick close to Marvel's chest and be like, yes, I, I just want to get on the, on that fan train, the hype train of, you know, Loki, cause he's popular right now within the whole uh, cultural zeitgeist. But that was my initial impression, but I like what they did with it. This, uh, in, in, at, at the finale, because it felt very earned. It felt like, okay, they, they, they foreshadowed it. I, I kind of got the, the hints and cues about, Atreus being more than just this boy and him having a more prominent role in future games. I thought that was very earned. Um, and I don't have much grabs about that, but right. But yeah. Well, yeah. So that's my number five. Uh, yeah. We're on number five, right? Yeah. Five God of war. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. There are definitely gripes about the, you know, I, you brought them up. Um, and yeah, with the battle system, I wish it was just like, take a take a note from you know batman the batman games they have a fantastic brawling system where you get you know a sense or like even spider-man took it from there when you're fighting have a little you know directional like thing it's like oh and then you can go boom hit him in the back and just have it flow a little bit better but yeah that's mm-hmm. my number five so 
Good sir, what is your next one? My number four is Into the Breach. Uh, I rate this game high, more highly than you because um, there is a sort of a hole in my heart for strategy games. I, I've never been too big on strategy games. Uh, I played Halo Wars. Uh, Civilization is a turn-based strategy game that I love to bits. Um, but I was always missing this little fragment where it's like, fuck, I wish there was another Advance Wars. And lo and behold, I didn't think Into the Into the Bridge would be a uh, a low-key Advance Wars uh, successor. Uh, I just... I, when I first booted up Into the Bridge, I, I, I've heard the critical acclaim. I was like, okay, let, let's try this out. At first, it, it feels like it's complicated, but... The way that they designed the map with the grid system uh, and and how you don't have to take more than like 10 turns to complete certain uh, levels, the way you move your units, the way that the enemy's movements and actions are telegraphed prior so you know what they're going to do. It's very methodical in the way that chess is and that you really have to think about it long term or you could go about it short term if you want if, if, if you kind of know the gist of what your next play is going to be uh and then at the end of the day obviously you need to sort of um prevent any uh collateral damage to buildings uh to prevent your power generator to go to zero and then that just ends the timeline as the bugs come out from the planet and start to kill everybody yeah, you would have to reset. Um, it's just the the whole concept of it is amazing. As someone who appreciates FTO a lot, even though I haven't played it, having them create something like this is just a match made in heaven for me. Um, it's very advanced wars, but advanced wars is bigger in scope. But that doesn't make it a better game. Uh, just because you have more units to control, I feel like into the breaches like some simplicity with unit management with you having only three uh mechs to really worry about and you having to uh the the theme of uh self-sacrifice and having to compromise okay i'm going to lose this mech but i'll but i am willing to lose him so that i can continue on to the next level and complete this uh timeline and it's like the moment-to-moment decision making that is required of the player it's just so immense. Um, I, I I just fell in love with it uh, that I just didn't expect it. Um, it's just a phenomenal, a phenomenal strategy game. It's a game that you can play for like, again, 20, 30 minutes, uh, or you can play for hours on end, similar to Dead Cells. Um, it's just that perfect blend of uh, strategy, uh, y- unit management, and resource management into one portable game. It's just immense. Yeah, such a, like it, 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 that's the one thing I loved about it because I got it on. I mean, it's the only thing it's on is is it on PC? No, I think it's just on Switch, right? Yeah, it's on PC, and then it came out for the Switch okay. a few months afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I love about the Switch. You know, I, had I got this on you know PC, I may not as love it as much because. It's on my PC. I got to lug around my PC if I want to play. But since it's on the Switch, it's like, oh, it's fucking amazing. You can just sit down. It's a perfect thing for like a plane ride or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just makes so much sense uh, that I almost consider it a Switch exclusive. Like, don't get this on PC if if you like uh, 
tactical strategy turn-based games uh get it on the switch if you have one because it just envelops you and you'll be stuck on that screen for hours on end if you're not too careful mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just very addictive in a way that i didn't expect it to be yeah uh, and now uh, and now i'm not really fancying over whether i'm gonna get an advanced wars from nintendo because i'm like i don't give a shit i have the breach now we just yeah. and it comes for the people who made uh ftl which is just perfect because there's people who are yep. fucking amazing i i just can't wait to see what they do next i wish they had add ftl on the fucking <laughs> switch that would be great uh, i think the possibility is there yeah. i think the possibility is there um yeah that would be an easy get super easy I'd I'd buy it. All right. So. uh, All right. What Mm -hmm. is your number four? Well, uh, this past weekend, I went to go see a movie. Uh, Okay. This movie was fucking amazing. And the game, although not does not live up to the movie because they're two different entities, kind of. uh, It. it made me think about my list, and I think Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, deserves a higher, a high spot um, because I that game you've already talked about it uh, has an ensemble cast of enemies, except for maybe the main baddie, if you can call him that, um, Mister Negative. Mr. Yeah, ne- he, he's terrible. Uh, I kind of actually enjoyed his character because I never learned anything about him too much. I I, I wish there would have been a more of an emotional attachment. <laughs> Um, if once like to him and maybe Peter, that may it made a little bit more like, oh, okay. I, I in essence, I kind of wish his character had, in a way, flipped sides with Doc Ock. Like, as in, like, I don't know, maybe Doc Ock not being the. I, I mean. Mr. Negative is the main baddie in my in my opinion, but I wish there would have been a more an emotional connection to him, like you have with Octavius, because Octavius mm-hmm. is the quote unquote head of the Sinister Six in this game, um, and he he makes uh, he makes I don't know makes all the other. It was very contrived because you're thinking like, okay, one mission you're playing, and you're like, okay, well, shit, he's trying to create the the claws, right? I mean, his name is Dr. Octavius. If you don't know anything about him, what the fuck are you doing playing this game? Uh, <laughs> he's obviously going to be a bad guy. Eventually. Yeah, it's telegraphed early on right. that you see him transform eventually. It just wasn't obvious right away, at least to me, that it would be this entry. Yeah, I didn't think, I think it I thought it was going to be, okay, they're going to set it up and at the end. It's going to be Doc Ock. Yeah. But then I was like, once it went from, oh, he's trying to man- manifest the claws to he has the claws in a suit and oh, fuck, now they're attached to his body and okay. And now like if within two missions, maybe three, he's like, I'm going to go fucking kill people. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess we, we sped up that process a little bit fast. And you're helping him create his body at the same time. You felt it was too abrupt? I thought it was very quick. It was like, it went from... Okay. I mean, we saw like the, it building like the, his frustrations with uh, Osborne and all that stuff. But I feel like it wasn't... It was, yeah, just too quick. And not... I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I understand that criticism. Uh, I, I do share some sentiment. I do want to give props for Insomniac for them telegraphing that not 
everything is as it appears because i think somewhere like within the halfway mark i think it's implied that he has already gone bad but he's just very good at hiding it and so i think for some people that play it they're like okay well doc ock will be the villain for the next game i don't have to worry about him now so when it does make that abrupt shift i was like Yes, because Mr. Negative was not doing it for me as a villain at all. No. He was about as cardboard boxy as you can expect from a comic book hero villain. He just, I just was like, man, dude, what the fuck are they doing with him? Mm -hmm. But having him just being a proxy to the real villain, I thought was like, okay, perfect. This story is actually going someplace that I really am looking forward to. Um, yeah, and I really and enjoyed, that's my interpretation I really enjoyed the web slinging. The fight mechanic is great. It reminds me a lot of, of course, it's going to be compared, Arkham, the Arkham series, um, but a little bit different because you're Spider-Man, not big hulking Batman. Um, and, of course, there are ties to the MCU in this game. You can obviously see Avengers Tower in the background. And what else? Uh, yeah, my, my favorite fights are the ones in the end of the game, obviously, because that's where you're going from, like, you know, one person to the next. Uh, some of the things I didn't necessarily like about the game would be the crimes and the go-fetch quests like I had talked about. But all of that stuff, you know... It, I didn't even bother with. I mean, I got a couple backpacks. I got all this other stuff. I wasn't looking to 100% the game. Uh, the Sable, oh God, the Sable, um, Silver Sable outposts were fucking, like, so difficult. I I, didn't, I don't think I even got one of them. Um, and they weren't difficult in that it challenged your brain, so you had to really... You know, think about it. It it just it it just felt frustrating in a way. It's like, okay, now I need to rely on my suit ability to get over this group of of sable guys, and that just diminishes the impact. There was there was no way to clear it with doing stealth. That was the biggest thing for me because they would be like, okay, we're coming out. Like, I wish there was like for what the stealth missions were, quote unquote. I wish there was more stealth missions you could actually do for these hideouts. Like, if you clear them all without alerting anybody, there shouldn't be a second wave that comes out and it's like, okay, fuck them up. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, you didn't. There's no way you guys set off an alarm. Like, I wish it would be like that. But if you did want to play the more loud route, then, of course, there'll be more problems for you. I feel like that's where it went wrong with the Sable stations. Um, but, yeah. And then, yep, I, I just I, th- I, I just played the story straight out. I didn't get any of the DLC. I didn't really touch any side missions. Um, and then, of course, the ending. Uh, I'm really excited for the next game. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. because as, as someone Harry. who isn't privy to like after credit scenes like this one fe- feels like earned it feels like oh shit all right here we go next one is going to deal with harry osborne and maybe he'll become venom who knows i think uh, i think that's a that's a red herring i don't think it's a red herring. i don't think mm-hmm. that harry's gonna be venom do you think the the symbiote is going to escape and then latch on to someone else? Yes, I think they're going to okay. go. I I think. I mean, I think it would be fucking awesome if they made him the the symbiote. Uh, I think eventually it has to attach to Spider Man. We have to get the black suit. 
Okay. Uh, maybe not the dancing, but we have to get the black suit. And then, um, I mean, if they brought it in, I'd laugh. Spider-Man 3 was a good movie, <laughs> It's right? a great movie. Except Says for the no fucking shitty villains. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there was there's things to pull from it. You can you can cherry pick that movie. Long story short, yeah. great game. Excited for the next one. I think, uh, yeah, th- I like where this is headed, and so I think it deserves my number four on this list. I see. Well then, for number three, this would previously have been Red Dead Two, but I'm gonna give my number three slot to Monster Hunter World. Um, when Destiny 2 had, had come out in 2017, I was immediately disappointed uh, with sort of the lack of cohesion, the, the, the lack of like hardcore elements that made Destiny great in the first place. Uh, not great. That's too strong of a word, but pretty decent. Uh, so I really didn't have something to latch on to for like a social multiplayer game. And, you know, Monster Hunter World came out. I took a risk. I was like, you know what? This looks pretty cool. Something different. As someone who is new to the series and just seeing like this niche following about how people go crazy over it. And then having it explode. Over 10 million copies sold. The fastest selling Capcom game to date. It it has like, obviously Fortnite steals the spotlight, obviously. But like, if there was this underdog itself. Uh, yeah yeah whatever but you know that's <laughs> that's uh, that's despite that's uh despite the point but um but having monster hunter world just come into terms into the mainstream appeal to gamers and then having like this uh this community just explode around this game it has been really amazing to see um and then just having playing it uh, for like seventy plus hours, the main narrative is 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 pretty trash. It's not that great. I could give two shits about it. But the one thing that Monster Hunter World does extremely well is provide a template for you to experiment with different weapon sets in a way that I haven't really experienced in the game before, where. When you play with a certain weapon that you like and you you just enjoy the playstyle of and you like keep practicing with it, keep practicing it with hunting smaller monsters, hunting large dragons of different ilk. um, This game is really about mastery in a way that you can maybe compare to like Dark Souls, which again, I hate making that comparison, but this goes in its own direction in a way. Uh, Like at first... I looked at the insect lay, which is like the staff uh, that you could use to hurl yourself in the air and do like these aerial combos. And then you could attach like these colored bugs to the monster that applies a certain status effect based on the color of it. And, you know, I was always, a, I always approached agile characters to be my forte in combat oriented games. Um, I just like being able to be quick and all that. But then eventually I kind of hit a wall where I'm like, you know what, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. So I went the other direction and said, you know what, I think I want to get good with the game, but I want to be able to survive encounters longer. So I then transitioned to a spear and the lance and spear. So you have a big shield and then you have a big lance, pretty straightforward, you know, 
medieval archetype. Right. Uh, but, but just the, uh, but, but, ha- but having your mobility slowed down, but then having the option to like charge through and actually being faster than other weapon users when you have it all charged up and then you just steamroll through the map i was like wow this this felt very empowering um and then having the ability to like block a a a fucking humongous charge from a monster like when i was up against uh rathalos and he would like you know throw fire down or if i was up against uh this other dragon that just fucking took aim at you and just rushed through and just barreled the fucking ground until you were dead. Uh, but then having my shield and then timing that with the right combo to where I could block and mitigate 90% of that damage is the most satisfying gameplay thing I probably have done this year of just like being able to understand your weapon set, being, a, being able to understand the, the, the sort of pattern of the monsters, what their attacks are, being able to telegraph all that, using your environment to your advantage, and then having that just spread across this sort of like mid-sized arenas with with friends and other players alike. It's just so fucking good. It's just... It's, it's almost like playing 12 different games in one game because each weapon set is so unique. It provides different challenges. You could grind out monsters to build your own gear set and then customize it to fit the, your, your style of play. Um, it's just Monster Hunter World is just such an exceptional title. Um, I, I kind of wish I had more players to play with, uh, but again, that's something that... Um, that really comes with the territory of these types of games. Uh, but I can't wait to go back once the new expansion comes out later this year. And then just, you know, starting a new, maybe, maybe do a completely different weapon set. Yeah. I mean, Hey man, if you want to play sometime, I didn't get a chance to play that game nearly enough. So I'm totally down to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I understand that while, they have streamlined a lot of the uh, hard to grasp concepts of previous titles. It's still not at that level where I can say, Hey, I think this can be for everyone. It's really hard for me to recommend a game like this because the menu design, the inventory having to, you know, all, all of this is very daunting, but once you put in hours and hours and hours and at least understand the very basic concepts of what you can do, on the baseline level, I think it it, it it creates this very interesting and challenging experience to where you're like, fuck, I got to kill two or three monsters within like 45 minutes or and, and then and then once you're like approaching that goal and then all of a sudden a different monster that comes out out of nowhere and just oh the water monsters. You know, yeah, just fucking and then having them fight each other like it's like, fuck, dude, it's just so good. Um that's why it's so high up my list um and i really can't wait to get back on it uh it's been a while now we but, could, we yeah. could even download it tonight we could play some i got nothing to do tomorrow i will yeah. definitely be down but yeah uh yeah i didn't get like i said i didn't get to play too much with that game um want to probably try to play some more of it uh but yeah sounds like a very solid the, game yeah like like uh, the, there are some uh, 
obtuse things about it, like the way they handle co-op is a bit redundant. Yeah, um, that's joint code. Having whatever. people like having to load the cutscene first of that mission, and then the whole guild system is a bit finicky and like hard to sort of articulate. Okay, what am I supposed to do to invite someone to this? And it's needlessly complicated in a way that it shouldn't. And again, that's just a testament to how some Japanese developers approach things. Uh, but, you know, ho- hopefully over time with the next expansion, with the next entry, I, I, I really hope they really streamline that a bit more without sacrificing the gameplay loop that Monster Hunter is known for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that was your number three. three. Yep. I'm just going to say that you will be surprised very shortly about these next three. Possibly. All right. If you had to guess, what do you think my number three is? Um, I'm not sure because I have switched this up from right from previously. All right. I don't know. We'll see. What's number, number three, three is Celeste. Celeste mm, makes higher. number three. Higher. Rise. What Rise, happened? my child. Um, I marinated on it. That's the long and the short of it. I haven't gone back to it. I want to go back to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's such a goddamn fucking good game. Uh, especially with just, just alone the platforming. And especially the end bit where you're jumping and it's just like you're getting fucking beaten down by wind and snow and you can't. That last stretch is fucking amazing. It's, it's like one of the, of the more game. memorable finales yeah. of any game I've played in a long time, uh, especially with the music cues and the soundtrack just elevating that. Just this long stretch. It's a long stretch, but when you do it, it feels so satisfying. Yeah, it's just super, super satisfying. Um, the story elements didn't really grab me. I mean, the, the fighting with your, you know, own personal demons grabbed me. But like, you know, there was some certain times where I was like, I don't really give a shit about this. The guy, the male in the story, I was like, ah, okay, he's an interesting character, but he's not really. I mean, the pictures are cool because then you get to see all the pictures at the end of the game. Um, I wish they could have actually done more with him. Um, which is probably would have, you know, made it better. And like, there's certain characters, they don't really explain. I thought the grandmother was actually going to be like the grandmother character was going to actually be you, but the person, like it's you who never faced your demons. Yeah. Like, like uh, the, the way that the game intros itself, uh, it's, it has this very eerie, vibe to it that you think oh man there's going to be like this plot twist or something right to really subvert you at the end but i'm kind of glad they didn't go that route right me too yeah i didn't need yeah. that i think it was perfectly fine without it um music oh the music of this game was such like it just ramps up when you're doing a boss fight or when you're climbing the mountain at the end or i mean especially when you're climbing the mountain at the end, because don't you have to go through like the, you have to go through essentially many stages of each of the previous stages that you've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it that much harder. I was like, God damn it. I thought I was done with these red fucking people in the hotel. (laughs) I was like, no, but of course um, that was not the case. 
yeah, just just a solid game overall. Want to get to the B sides. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to beat them. And and if I ever do get the C sides, good fucking luck. Um, but yeah, overall, an amazing game, and that's why it reaches my number three. I see. Um, my number two spot is Celeste, which again, <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I think um, prior to playing my game of the year at number one, um, Celeste was probably going to take it for me this year. But um, the reason why Celeste is very special in it's it's a game. It, it, it's hard to articulate that it's a game about mental illness because while face value that might be true. I also feel like they tackle it in a way that is very uh, humble and grounded and a very empowering message because uh, with the way that society likes to tackle mental illness as being something, you know, oh, well, you can get over it or over time you'll feel better or whatnot. But I feel like that misses the whole crux of what mental illness as a state of being is um and i feel like celeste handles it very beautifully with its message uh during the during the middle portion of the game uh madeline has this misconception that oh hey i'm just going to tackle head on my darker self which is the the dark purple version of her that has been sort of you know tailgating her throughout her journey up the mountain um and she thinks that oh i don't need you anymore fine uh and you know i'm just gonna get rid of you i'm gonna cut you out but the reality is that that's not how mental illness functions in the real world it's not something that you can fix it's not something that you can overcome it's something that stays with you for probably the rest of your life as pessimistic as that sounds but when her other self uh sort of counters her by saying no I'm actually here for the long haul and I'm going to chase you throughout your whole journey through the mountain. And then you fight up against her. And then that was the moment that the game became self-aware in a way that most games don't become self-aware. When I look at another game about mental illness, like Hellblade, that was a much more, um, definitely kind of, it's spearpointed yeah, the mental illness issue. Yeah, it's to the point. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's conveying the symptoms of mental illness, while Celeste deals with it more conceptually and in a more optimistic note. Right. Um, Celeste, the message of Celeste is: Hey, you're going to have to deal with your with your other self. You're going to have to deal with it, but it's okay. It's okay to compromise. It's okay to live. I don't want to paraphrase the game in that way, but it's basically saying, hey, if you have panic attacks, that's fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to have to live with how to handle these panic attacks, and that's fine. Right. It's it's not about gutting the mental illness from, from your mental state and just discarding it like like you can that's not how it works and the reason why celeste is very special in my heart is because it deals with it in a very uh humble in a very truthful way um yeah and then just oh 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. One thing I would say is, and of course, it's like when you're compared Red Dead to um, uh, Zelda. When I'm going to compare it straight to Hellblade because that's kind mm-hmm. of the I've Hellblade is one of my favorite games of all time. Okay, mm-hmm. if anyone doesn't already know that, and. Obviously, I think this, the point I'm trying to make is they deal with two very different types of mental illness. <laughs> like, not to say that, you know, panic attacks are less serious. I've had one. It's fucking the worst time ever. Um, it's almost the intensity, I want to say, of having all psychosis is makes it unlivable. I mean, of course, panic attacks, not down to downgrade them at all. That's not what I, my point is, but the way you felt the way it affected you in Hellblade versus um, uh, Celeste. I mean, Hellblade by fucking sentence one, you realize, Oh fuck. And then it just gets more intense and more intense. It's like you're scared or you're in the dark or all this shit. You're fighting something terrifying. Like all these voices are saying, no, you're going to die. You're going to just get louder. It's fucking unbearable. <laughs> and then in comparison to the mental illness you see in Celeste, I think Celeste is yeah, humble, as you said. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, it's very earnest. Um, Hellblade approaches it in a sensory manner where it overwhelms you. And then you see the light at the end. And then Celeste, doesn't overwhelm you it doesn't try and do any you know it's very straightforward it's to tell but yeah it's, it's trying to tell its story but the the metaphors it uses uh throughout the game as i mean at the very beginning the main character just says i just want to climb the mountain to prove that i can climb it there is no there's no driving force or a mcguffin or a plot device that drives her she just wants to do it because she can and because she wants to prove to herself that that she can accomplish something and i think that's very powerful in this day and age uh where we are motivated by uh auxiliary things to push forward whether it be okay well i need to go do this so i could get money and then provide a living which again it's not a very concise comparison but it's just being able to know that you can set a goal and just do it just for the sake of doing it you don't need a reason you just want to do it because whether you feel like it or whether you want to prove to yourself that you can do it it's the very definition of the slogan of of nike with just do it right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's 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 just it's very beautiful and and how it conveys that message um and again, I, I, I just look back and I'm like, fuck. Outside of that thematic message, just the platforming is just so sublime. It feels like it's, it's very similar to Dead Cells in a way where it's like every mistake you make was because you just didn't time it well or you just angled it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's by far, I think, my favorite 2D platformer since like Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh it, it it's really up high that it's it's high it's very high for me in that regard um yeah i agree it's just an extraordinary video game um in the in the environment that i feel like it it it's it sort of, it's it, it, it's the type of game that we need right now um which is very similar to my number one game of the year but um but that's a different uh take uh but yeah celeste is uh 
my number two. Very nice. All right. <sighs> number two. For me. Can be described in a few words. May I stand unshaken. Red Dead Redemption 2. No pun intended. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on one second, right? I just want to say we had our prelim- our preliminary discussion and talks prior to revealing what our personal top tens were. Okay. I'm very intrigued to see like what your reasoning is from this being possibly your game of the year to now number two. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh... so we. You know why I like the. I'm okay. You'll 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 hear. Well, you you will hear. That's why I was like, there's gonna be a surprise. <laughs> um. So Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, you've talked at, with it at length. So I'll keep this somewhat brief. I love the fucking game. I love the hunting, the uh, fishing. Yeah. The I story. love the game too. Fucking mm-hmm. amazing. The actor, the acting, the way, like, even down to, this is a very weird call out, but when uh, Dutch is, and Dutch and Arthur are talking, and he's like, insist. You insist. He insists upon John leaving and being okay. Like, all this crazy shit. Well, and the fucking, the bad guy, the bad guy. Which uh, there's there's many bad people in this game, but the biggest asshole in the game, other than you know Leviticus Cornwall, uh, has to be Micah. Um, and he's such a good bad guy, and, and to the point where I there's nothing like I mean the only thing you like about it is that he's such a good bad guy. There's nothing likable about the character. He has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> he is he's he yeah he's chaos. He, in my view, he he. Uh, He's very comparable to Balder in a way. Yes, very much so. Very much so. But in the fact that he's way better than Balder because, well, he's better than Balder because, um, he he just he's just he's rather he's a bigger asshole. (laughs) 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 It's not not that he's better. He is just a bigger asshole. And Balder has everything he wants to his own end. Yeah, Balder at least has a sensible reason. Hey, I want to my curse so that I could feel things again while with Micah she's just, just an like, asshole fuck this. for the sake he, of it. He goes around and this is a minor spoiler it happens in the very beginning of the game um, but you know the strawberry mission he goes around and fucking shoots up the entire place Arthur gets dragged into it or if you're playing the black hat like you were probably was enjoying the fuck out of it and just fucking then the coup de gras cherry on top walks to this house goes see an old friend and kills her and him it's bloody bloody great um but yeah of course there like there's a discrepancy that you brought up with the black hat and the white hat um i personally think i had a much better time and didn't really see the pitfalls as much as you did when it came yeah, to yeah. the black and white hat because i played white hat me and steve played this game different two different ways and he didn't really get to experience as well because in the white hat it's very it's if it is redemption brother mm-hmm. morgan even though you're, well, you are doing bad things along the way which doesn't really line with who you are if you're playing white hat 
Well, yeah, but like, by, but like for the most part, I think you earn redemption for both endings. I, I, I just think how you earn the redemption is different. Yeah, the, um, the, the path I, along the, the end route is different. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, if it's not the, if it's not just the game overall, it's the little tidbits, the side quests. Uh, one of my favorites, I think, it has to do with the uh, the circus, the circus guy who's bringing his circus around, and it crashes oh, yeah. the side. The way that that plays out is fucking beautiful. It it's it's little tidbits, and you could do them right back to back to back to go find these animals that this guy has crashed. And the first one, I'm not gonna spoil, but the first one is, I could kind of say is a uh, is I think what was it a dog? Yeah, uh, it was, was either the dog, dog or, or the. Bro. I think it's the um, dog. Oh, it's a zebra. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Zebra. Dog. It was uh, a donkey you know painted as a zebra right yeah that's it's like god damn it calling back to a mount you can get in red dead one which is one of the yeah. fastest mounts you can get in i think it was just the multiplayer not the single player and it was, i think the bull was the fastest was it well yeah the, 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 the donkey was certainly fast and it was pretty funny it's like or not the donkey <laughs> the the zebra <laughs> um it was pretty funny call back and then you know i won't spoil it but yeah go go do the circus one if you haven't done it yet um i will say it happens like it happens like at uh beginning of act three i believe yeah chapter that is, three is correct when you're going to lemoyne yeah. um yeah, other than that, um, the online, I must say, is the shittiest part of the game. Um, yeah, it's I have, you haven't experienced this as much as I have, I would like to say, because the first, I mean, we've both experienced it, but I, I'm going to say I finished it more. The first uh, few times I played, I, we tried to play it. It was when the beta first announced. It first came out and I got disconnected, 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 back to back to back, several uh, disconnection notes. It's gotten better a little bit at the same time, not very much. And hunting used to be great. Now hunting is kind of shit and fishing is kind of shit. Uh, there's no real point to doing that um, much anymore, but I do still enjoy, you know, going into the but the, all, I think all of that's overshadowed uh, by the single player for me personally. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, the greatest strength of Red Dead 2 is its single player narrative. Yeah, with all uh, of the, it's very, very, very difficult to argue against that. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something else? I was going to say that the hunting that you bring up, I still think it's the incentive to pursue it is less since they diminish the payouts for like the pelts and the fish. <laughs> But I, I I still feel like the act of hunting can still be very uh, solitary right. and pleasant experience. Like hunting by far is probably the best aspect about this game. If you don't like hunting and you just want to do outlaw related things, that's another bag of worms. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, there's a whole other thing. I do enjoy hunting, especially with the bow. Of course, you can't always get a clean kill with the bow depending on certain animals. So sometimes the rope and knife has to do, although I haven't used that as much as when I got a rifle to kill an elk. The most, the, the best thing I ever did when hunting was definitely taking down, uh, roping a moose and having to use my, all my energy to get close to the moose and then knife it. Um, sorry for those people who don't like hunting, but this is what the game brings. <laughs> 
Um, and so, yeah, I think that is why it makes my number two game because it was such a fucking great game. And even, you know, I have been frustrated at length with the, with the online, which is, you know, after you beat the first, you beat the game for the first time, like I did, I didn't feel the need to make a second playthrough. And I'm still playing it moderately um, for the single player, but I try to get multiplayer going back, but it is what it is currently. And the gold don't get me started. Fuck that shit. There you go. (laughs) um i once asked before we commit to our game of the years um what was your favorite moment uh narrative wise and read that too what was the one thing that really struck you that got an emotional reaction out of you if any ah thank you for bringing that up i forgot to mention this because Uh, i I, because based on our discussions i don't think hardly touched about (laughs) I mean, aspects. One moment that. that comes to the top of my mind, and this is only, I think you only get this if you do the white hat, um, which is pretty, uh, pretty good. There's two. Um, when you speak to the nun on the train platform, and uh-huh. they've made a, they've made a meme of this. So if you haven't noticed, <laughs> fucking, I don't know. It's a good meme. I, good meme. I don't know if it's fair to characterize it as a meme. It but is a meme. Yeah. You use it as a meme. Yeah, it's a reaction. It's a meme, but. I just feel like, man, out of all the moments that had to be a meme, oh, I'm afraid. Um, just the way the motion capture captures his face and the way he says it. and It's just two words. And it's impactful because it now means he, he, he's, not, he's not ready to accept death. And that's probably, I mean, not saying he dies. This is not a spoiler. Um, it's spoilers, my good sir. Oh, it's fucking late. right. We've we already we didn't give a spoiler. Okay, he does. Well, too bad. <laughs> We've already opened. We already had opened Pandora's box. When we were talking about God of War. That's true. So. Um, Done. yeah. When he when he does die, it, like it, you know, at the end when he dies, he he still wasn't even. He's like, I did all this stuff for you, Dutch. And then yeah, boop, gone. Um. But yeah, I'm afraid. And then the mission where you go back to the family of the guy that died from tuberculosis. Uh, when you do that mission, that's pretty satisfying. It's not emotionless necessarily, like I mean, but it is kind of redeeming because it's like you. He probably you know he didn't wasn't very happy at his death because you all the shit you did and they weren't happy with you. But you get to you know say I'm sorry. Here's some fucking money, and hope you have a good rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. That, those two moments, I think. I can't think of any other ones really off the top of my head. Oh yeah, and and the hat, the hat placement on John's head. That's only a white hat ending. Um, yeah, those three. Yeah, those were good. The 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 one that really uh, I, I kind of teared up a little was uh, after you rescue Jack Marston from Angelo Bronte. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of chapter four, and then you head back to camp to celebrate with the gang. And then Javier starts to play a rendition of Cielito Lindo, which is this Mexican folks folklore song. And as someone who has been raised in a Mexican household for a while, like that, that song, I, I've heard it so many times. I, I really, I, I'm not well acclimate, well acclimated into Mexican culture as much as you would maybe would like to think. But when that song started playing and having 
this whole gang come together to celebrate Jack's return from being kidnapped. And then just the, the whole catharsis of it just really sort of hit me hard in a way that I wasn't expecting. And this is a moment that you could miss. Like you could just go to camp, do what you gotta do. And then they're playing the song and, you I know, missed it. They can't just, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, so like, so like it, it's a missable event and uh, you know it it takes balls for rockstar to really say hey you know we're gonna have a lot of these moments that you might not see um and that's fine uh i really like the sense of uh the sense of time and place for everything um in in, in this game and when that song played and the whole gang is together singing it it was just like fuck man this just reminds me of like when like my family distant relatives like would get together and just you know for birthday parties or whatnot and then have, having them sing that and back then i was like okay whatever it's it's an okay song it doesn't you know but having it being portrayed here in the game it felt like rockstar was speaking to me about family about being together about having these people that you are not related in blood, but in both spirit and in both uh, friendship, having it be this family unit that will stick by each other. And then having this moment just be, you know, just be like the proceedings to what will occur with the breakdown of the gang is what makes it more cathartic and more memorable for me. It's, it's the one moment in the game where I'm like, this is the one moment of Red Dead 2 that I will never forget. All right. Um, it's it's yeah. That that was the one. The the one moment that really caught me off guard. Um. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. Red Dead 2 is a great game. Um. I just wish that. Uh. I hope Rockstar takes the lessons of just like hey, we need to really switch up our design philosophy. Not emulate Breath of the Wild. That's not what I'm asking for. But just really dive deep into like, okay, what are the gameplay systems that need to be more refined? What are the systems that we just need to take a risk at to make something more compelling for the player? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I made it my number two game. There's a lot of stuff that's good about it. Definitely stuff that's not permanently fucked, except for maybe the gold system, which is kind of permanently fucked. Um, the yeah, like frustrations, obviously, but you know, like like one can argue the gold system is a means to an ends. It's a necessary evil so that we can get free updates. It's going to really depend on how they handle the economy moving forward in a way that isn't as daunting as the way they approach GT online. Yeah. We're like, okay, yeah, you need to get a shark card to get the base Fuck that. stuff to, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. That would be insane. We'll they, yeah. When we'll, did the beta, we'll see how they approach it. When did the beta open up? Uh, at the beginning of November. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. It's been uh, a lot shit. And then with the most recent update with the gold rush, the sort of battle yeah, royale that's one of the shit. game modes. That's shit. Yeah, I think I did a lot crap. better. It's that shit. Yeah. It's crap. Um but they mentioned that the beta was gonna be uh in it, it's gonna last for a few more months before they officially quote release the online portion. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I have, uh, I, I still have hope that Reddit Online will be its own thing and not copy GT Online, but I don't know. Hmm. It's up in the air at this point. Could go either way. All right. <sighs> Here we are. Top of the mountain. Mountain top. Good sir, I have a question for you, though. Go ahead. I would like to reveal these games that we have chosen at the same time. What are they different games, though? That will not come out great in audio, and it will take me to fix it. <laughs> That's exactly what I have to think. I don't. Okay, okay. I think they are. Okay, before we commit to this idea, I just want to say, do you really honestly think this game is your number one? And not just because you're trying to pander to... You don't to... know what I'm thinking. You don't know what game this is. Okay, okay. okay. I, I'm just... Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking you about might something be wrong. else. Uh, who knows? All right. Okay, forget about it. On three. Say your top wow. one. I shouldn't think. All right. Three, three two, two, one. One. Tetris, Tetris Effect. effect. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. A lot, would you like okay. me to explain? <laughs> sort of, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I know you played it very recently in preparation for this. I did. Um, but I also got the impression that you were okay with the game, but it didn't grab you. Um, and I'm getting the sense that you're trying to just pander to my taste a little bit. I am not. But but, but I will let you get the microphone and, you know. I am not pandering. Your piece. I, I mean, okay. yes, you influenced I, me because I okay. did not. You had initially talked about Tetris Effect being a fucking great game. Yes. It's, it's a very special I game. I had only mm-hmm. played it for about an hour at that time. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I should play it, you know. And I was going through, and I was like, oh, okay, these stages are fucking hard. Okay, it's very difficult. I mean, it's a Tetris game, right? But the visuals, when it's not the visuals, it's the music. When it's not either of those things, it's the difficulty and how everything goes and flows. Like, the way the speed is going is matched to the way the music goes and the way the visuals change and all comes together. I thought... It was going to be my number two game. I had previously said I was frustrated with Red Dead uh-huh. Online, which is the other game I've been mm-hmm. playing. So I was like, mm-hmm. this is when I was playing Tetris Effect because when fucking online was keep decimation, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing anything right now. I'm going to play Tetris Effect. And then I got to Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. While probably one of the fucking hardest (laughs) like okay Uh, normally you do 30 lines like you have to get 30 lines completed easy piss easy sometimes very hard but 30 lines is for easy i think it's 40 45 lines for normal and then it's like 60 lines i'm pretty sure it's 30 for on normal on normal for the regular i think it's on easy uh i mean i played it on medium or moderate. Okay. And it was okay, then I might be wrong, but I don't think it maybe, goes below maybe. 30 lines. Yeah, no. No, it doesn't. It doesn't go below 30. I think it's yeah. 30 either way. But the speed is <laughs> speed is increased. 
yeah for that's, sure i think that that's the difference um because it doesn't downgrade the amount of lines you need for metaphor metamorphosis which is 90 regardless of what difficulty you play on um i think it might go up at all i, I think it might go up for expert um but goddamn come follow me i'll show you a world you never seen i'm butchering it because it that that, i'm i'm butchering it but the music drew me it like i was interested in tetris as a game Mm -hmm. you had my attention you had my interest now you have my attention i fuck it up every time uh you had my wait well how does i don't even know Uh, it's a meme (laughs) you had my curiosity but now you have my attention you you tapered my curiosity now you have my attention something like that if you haven't watched Django and Chain, go do it. It'll make you want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Single player. Um, a bit different, obviously. Long story short, Tetris Effect. The gameplay brought me in. The visuals kept me. The music and, and fucking wowed me beyond anything. I mean, forgiven, there is, you know, it's not that many stages. Um, and there are a few stages where... I would say they're repeat kind of most of them are not. There's about two, maybe the dolphins and the underwater. That's about it. There's manta rays. I think yeah. the first one and like a third. One. Yeah, That's it about plays it. around with themes. Yeah. Aquatic life forms, uh, aerial life forms with the birds in the sky. The desert. Um, there's like a, yeah. there's like a, like a tiki torch ritual one. There's a horses in the yeah, desert. It has a, it has a mix of like different aspects of human culture intertwined within the journey mode that feels it's paced really well uh the dolphins uh the visual motives that appear can get a little repetitive uh when you spot them but yeah i get what you mean yeah uh just a fucking great amazing game and that's about the only gripes i have like there's not those aren't even gripes if anything those are just like that's how the game plays and it's how you feel that that's the thing i'm trying to pinpoint it's how you feel when you play the game that makes it that much more amazing that's not that's not correct terms that's not correct terminology but um you know what i mean it's like you'll play the game well how and you get, well how did it make you feel when i was i i didn't really start feeling much about it until i got to the near the very end section and especially metamorphosis the frustration Mm -hmm. made me want to beat the game it's kind of like okay kind of poor you know thing to say but kind of like dead cells it makes you want to keep pushing but not in the way that dead cells is brutally fucking you over you could restart the same mission right you don't have to start from the very beginning um and it made me feel so like like satisfied when I would finally get that piece to fit in um when I would get the one piece that I needed fucking showing up. I was like, God damn, finally. And with Metamorphosis, I'll keep mentioning the last mission over and over. The music is that song alone is by far my favorite song in the entire game. It was like good songs uh-huh. left here and there that have beats, but the, I you know the, the ones with the the ones with the words in the <laughs> lyrics uh, were way better. There's only a few, but yeah, just 
You know the uh, one stage prior to Metamorphosis, the one with the with the birds, and you're like, yeah, soaring. in the sky. Yeah, that that stage has three different songs based on what time of day you play it. What? Yeah, I had no idea. So, so there's a morning song, there's an afternoon song, and then the evening song, which is the lyric version, which is the best one. But yeah, depending on when you play the journey mode and play that stage it changes the music yeah. entirely the only thing cool. the only yeah the only thing i would like to see and this is asking a lot the only thing i would want to mm. see for this game would be just like a dlc like an added thing if they could yeah more stages more stages i would also like a 1v1 multiplayer kind of experience with this mm-hmm. i think that would be fucking amazing like you listen to the mm-hmm. song and you're just going at it against each other to see who can get the most lines just endless mode and just play through a bunch of different stages and like if you fuck up then you your your score like then the other person wins kind of like uh i don't know it's kind of hard to well kind of like Dr. Mario, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there, there's there been a bunch of Tetris games with multiplayer. Like, right. right now, if you wanted to go to the Switch eShop, uh, buy Puyo Puyo Tetris, and we can play multiplayer right now if you want to. Oh. And that, that that would be great, too. Mm. Like, There's there's different iterations of Tetris that have multiplayer. I, f- I agree in the sense of like it would add more replay value to the game. I think it will detract from what Tetris Effect is supposed to be right. uh, a solitary experience. Right. I agree with a- that too. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a little surprised uh, because, you know, at first I thought, you know, when you play the you 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 did have like this sort of like eh i kind of understood what steve was saying about the game and it's sort of like it's uh it's the intent behind what the game was trying to do uh but i guess the 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 way you present on on the turning point for you was metamorphosis which is ironic because it's the metamorphosis of my my right yeah uh which Again, it's very good. It's it's one of the more memorable like finales of any game I could think of uh, recently. And you're just playing fucking Tetris. Um, yeah, it, it, the game is just Tetris, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think that there's some hidden meaning. Like, what the fuck? How they put Red Dead Two at fucking two? And it's great. It's a great game. Everyone should but, play um, it. But uh, just my take uh, briefly. Uh, Tetris Effect is, I think back on what Stanley Kubrick did with 2001 A Space Odyssey and how that changed cinema. And while I don't think Tetris Effect has the similar impact that 2001 did for film, I feel like Tetris Effect is the closest we've gone towards that direction where games can be much more than just its gameplay systems it could be much more than just being a narrative uh designed video game it can be much more than just you know to kill time uh it's 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 similar in the way that there are instances where i've heard like people look at a painting at a museum right and they and they stare at it and they sort of just envelop their mind with all the little details and the intent behind the artist. And then 
they like have an emotional reaction. Like they'll just like cry sometimes. Like, you know, it's, it, it, it sort of happened before. Like I've, I've heard people that, you know, have done that, but it's like, it's just a static image. It's whatever. I forgot the, uh, the exact details, but, uh, but in the early 20th century, there was this Russian filmmaker. He, he, he studied film design and like, this was back when black and white movies were a big thing. Um, and he wanted to sort of dive deep into like, if we can change, if, if, if we can show the viewer two images side by side, like one before and then another image after, how would that change the context of the previous image? Um, and to evoke an emotional reaction. And while Tetris Effect doesn't embody that entirely, it's the first game in a while where you take something as abstract as Tetris and it can make you feel something because when you're playing it, you're playing Tetris. That's, that's true. But you're also being enveloped by the music, the, the cues, the way that you're uh, orchestrating the music when you're moving the blocks, right. the visuals. And again, I haven't played Tetris Effect with VR, but I swear if if I did, I would probably have Tetris Effect be really fucking high on my top 10 games of all time list if that were the case. And I do want to get a chance to do that eventually, but yeah, you know, hit um, a little bit of mushrooms, a little bit of uh, <laughs> green. Exactly. Like green, a little like, green friend and then, you know, put that like Tetris VR. Effect. <laughs> oh god. Like Tetris Effect is evoking this this a subset of emotions uh, within you. And most of it is drawn by the music, the visuals, and the act of playing. But when they all coalesce together to form this message or this... It's not even about message, really. It's about a feeling. It's about an artistic medium evoking a feeling with the audience. And that's the greatest draw for any artistic medium to sort of... uh, latch on to it's 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 one of the main goals i think of art in general and i feel like tetris effect does that so well more so than uh mitsuguchi is the is the producer and the designer of tetris effect and uh, he's had various games prior res infinite child of eden he even made like a sort of knock of tetris called luminous for the playstation portable and even though it was pretty good, it just it just doesn't compare to Tetris. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way he blends music, art, and the act of playing, it's it, it's it's his mantra throughout all of the games he has developed and produced. And even though you know I've played Child of Eden, I thought it was pretty decent. It didn't grab me. I played bits of Res Infinite, but I feel like I I didn't get the feeling that it was trying to prescribe to me um and then playing tetris effect it's like oh i see what he's trying to accomplish here and it worked on me like this is like the first time he was able to fully convey his uh his intent for the audience and it wasn't until like i i finished metamorphosis like like how you did Mm -hmm. and it was just a very cathartic experience. I, I was tearing up, uh, both because my eyes were wide open. <laughs> right. because I was trying to be not really, 
Yeah. I tried to blink. It, it was half emotional and also half just because the strain of my eyes were like, ah. Because at, at the end, screw it just up. becomes so unbearable. I think the speed gets cranked up to 12. I think it just, you, there's no. I can it's, handle, it's, yeah, like. Boom, 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 good luck. <laughs> yeah, like, I can handle speed 12 okay, but then when it gets to, like, speed 15, that's when it's like, oh, shit, okay. Right. I get it, like it gets really crazy, um, and, but then like and it just does it like what wave uh, six is blind sixty out of ninety, right? It's like good yeah. luck, thirty lines go. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and and then when I beat that, and then you sort of like see with the imagery that he's trying to convey with the visuals and the music and all that. It has a very hippie vibe of like we're on this together. The world is worth cherishing. Blah blah blah. Right. And then the, the lyrics of of some of the songs are kind of like generic, like lovey dovey songs. Very much so. Pop yeah. songs. Like it was like okay, whatever. I liked them for what they were, but they didn't really grab me, you know. Except for my, except for the last song, obviously. But then when the when the credits pop up, and then. There's a slow piano rendition of the first stage you play, uh, the, the song We're All Connected. And then that's when the game really hits you. And then the lyrics go from, it starts with, when you were born, something changed deep inside of me. And then it goes, it goes, it goes. And then, and then I'm like, what's she, what's she singing about? Oh, my God. And then that changes, that, that recontextualizes the whole journey mode into not just this message of we're all in this together it's worth you know cherish you know cherishing each other and the world and like that hippie message it takes it from that generic thing to it's a message about a mother to her child and i was just like oh my god and then that's when i teared up a little, little bit more and like this, i was just like what if this game is the sequel to child of eden uh, Eve actually, res, <laughs> actually, res, res infinite child of Eden and effect share the same mother nature vibes. They have like the, the same imagery with like the, the tree with like a female figure. It, it really follows this clear cut thread between three, those three games. Right. But I feel like Tetris effect is when it really manifests into something very, very, immaculate in a way that the previous centuries don't reach um but yeah uh i prior to this tetris was just another puzzle game that i didn't really care too much about i found it boring because it was too perfect but what mitsuguchi did here was he risked tainting the water of tetris to make it to 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 get out of that cold essence of how mechanical the original Tetris is. Tetris is still great. It, if you ask someone, what's the greatest game of all time? They'll probably say it's probably Tetris, but with Tetris effect, it's like, man, um, now I have to really think not, not longer about the answer to that question, but now I have to think, you know, I think Tetris effect is the perfect, it's the elevation of, of, of what Tetris can be. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does next, but it's going to be really hard to top this one for him. Yeah, definitely going to be hard to top because it was by far, I mean, best Tetris game, hands down. Pretty fucking amazing game. Yeah, no question. Best game I've, 
that I mean, I didn't get teary eyed and I actually did not even notice the fucking whole child connection because my dumb ass doesn't listen that well. I was just like, oh, <laughs> to the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's something so small. So- and you know, it's funny. I will I will even like my girlfriend will listen to music sometimes and like she'll she'll like a song. And I'm like, you know what this is about, right? This is this is about like someone like smoking crack right <laughs> she'll be like no i just <laughs> like the beat and i talk we, yeah. we gotta listen and then ironically i was like you gotta listen to lyrics and then ironically i myself did not fucking listen to the lyrics this time great well she can always talk shit about me for that one <laughs> um because oh, yeah good. sometimes sometimes you it's not up. about the it's like how stanley kubrick says it's not about the message of 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 the artistic medium that matters it's about the feeling that it evokes that's where your girlfriend follows that philosophy it's not it's not the subject matter of what the singer or songwriter is trying to convey it's just like hey this sounds good and that's enough for me exactly yeah. um but yeah so this is uh you got anything else you want to say about tetris effect because it's such a great game uh just to close it off i think it is the best game of 2018 um it is the perfect evergreen title i feel like tetris effect is a game you can recommend to everyone uh as far reaching as that sounds uh in terms of like oh well you guys just gave tetris effect game of the year because it's tetris i'm like yeah but it's also much more than that. It really had to fight against its own stigma of being Tetris and trying to recontextualize what Tetris means to someone. And I think that's a very powerful thing. Um, it is by far my favorite game of 2018. And it definitely lands a spot in my top 10 of all time. I don't know where, but somewhere. Yeah. I don't think it's on my all-time list. But... It'd be Red Dead 2, though. That's a bit surprising, though. I Red Dead 2 doesn't make your top 10, I imagine. No, Red Dead 2 does. Mainly because... But why rank it higher than that? I know, right? It's, a, it's ironic, because some things... I don't... In my mind, the reason I don't consider Red Dead to be lesser game... Is because I think online is its own separate. I take it as its own separate entity. Okay, so your stipulation is Red Dead Two single player is your game of the year, but because online is part of the package, you had to knock it down. Exactly. That's something I wasn't really considering too much because at the time of completing the game, when I beat it, online wasn't a thing. I was excited for online. I still am excited to see what online does. But online is going to be an ever-changing thing, which the rank is going to go up or down further, which I don't see. I mean, they could possibly go down further. It's going to be ever-changing, and while single-player is not going to move, it's going to be the single solid bullet on a list. I hear you. And so that's why I was like, well, I can't really... I mean, also, it's not being handled by the team, and the same team didn't have nearly as long to work on online they did to work on the single player right i feel like multiplayer what are you not this it's not tacked on but of course it's not going to be the thing it's going to probably be two years from now right it's probably going to be heist is going to be better shit and you can't judge it then you gotta judge it now so i'm judging it based upon how i call it but i did kind of talk about online and there were some that's why i didn't make number one 
so yeah that is our game of the year those are our game of the year that is our game of the year in our top 10 for 2018 um so yeah um we also on this podcast are going to also talk about some current events and stuff like that you know nerd news and all that great stuff there were a few things uh this year or this couple past couple weeks that have been um going on and uh yeah we're going to talk about those right now is there anything else you want to talk about with the game of the year stuff uh right now steven no i think we've covered all the bases for that all righty well i think we should continue with our trend of talking about video games video game stuff uh <sighs> there's some good news and some bad news potential bad news uh when it comes to Bungie leaving Activision. Uh, you actually brought up the kind of bad, may possibly bad news uh, that could become some bad connotation bad about the event. Yeah, because people were all like, "Yes, they did it." Yes, I agree. Leaving Activision, who is microtransaction central, uh, I, I think is a good step in the right direction. Where they go from now could possibly be the. Uh, better or worse for them depending on what they want to do what do you think about this um so as we know bungie broke off of microsoft after halo reach and they wanted to go their own path surprising to me back back in the day they went with activision which i was like okay well you're just trading one devil for another um but you know i i took it in stride i'm like okay well they're making something new then came along destiny and a lot of its problems i feel originate not from activision rearing its ugly head and supplying deadlines while that might be true to a certain extent i feel like the development culture behind bungie is very it's not lazy it's just like they're a bit disorganized. They're a bit messy, uh, a bit haphazard with like being consistent with like a release schedule with following deadlines. And I feel like Activision pr- and Microsoft prior to this provided some semblance of order within the organization to be like, hey, we need this to be complete by this. And then, you know, Bungie being like the hack guy. Uh, mad scientists trying to come up with unique and interesting things to do with their games. They, they mismanage themselves and they provide a sort of content that's like missing or, uh, you know, if you look at destiny, that game had to be rebooted like a year prior to release date or a year and a half. And they had to rewrite the whole script and the story and the campaign. And that's why it released in such a, uh, middling form. But um, this recent news with them leaving their partnership with Activision, it tells me two things. One, I don't think they want to pursue something like that again, and they value their freedom a lot more than they let on. And two, I feel like uh, Activision was butting heads too much with upper management. To a point where it's like, hey, we need you to release a new Destiny entry. We need you to follow this sort of philosophy for its game design so that we can attract more players. And I feel like Bungie is trying to stray away from being the mainstream go-to for shooters and just trying to 
mark their own path. Like as long as they have a dedicated following to extract, you know, um, sales off of, uh, they'll be okay. Yeah. I fear that them going solo though, is going to really, uh, cast a light on the dark tendencies of Bungie as a studio. Um, I feel like it won't, won't be a very good thing for them to stay solo for very long. Yeah. Um, and I think it was last year or two years ago, they had already on something new with, uh, I believe it was Tencent, which is that Chinese game development, Mm -hmm. game publishing firm with mobile games. So I feel like they're doing that to safeguard their finances uh, so that they could pursue their passion project with Destiny or whatever comes after Destiny. Um, That's like their backup plan. Do you think the reason that lore wasn't really added to the actual game might have been because (laughs) of the uh, deadlines that uh activision was providing i mean yeah lore's in the game but it's not like it's in cards and shit it's just um bungie was following this outdated model of presenting its lore through the campaign cutscenes but they didn't have enough resources to complete the campaign of the first destiny so they had to relegate that to the uh to the what are they called the uh there's, oh my god! I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm blanking. The the the, the cards, yeah, right? the cards, like the ones you the, can view the on cards the cards online. Yeah, the ones that you can view online. Um, and Grimoire. even though that, yeah, the grimoire. Thank you. Um, so while that wasn't the best approach, it still provided uh, lore seekers to be like, hey, there's a lot of stuff here that we could extract and formulate theories. It provided a lot of healthy speculation to where the franchise was going um um but again it's like uh i f- i feel like as a shooter destiny plays great i i feel like there's still value in that franchise for it to succeed yeah i mean i'd be I interested like- if there was a third one but um i'm not sure how how much i would be going after it after this shit for the second one yeah um I just feel like they have to really commit to a uh, game design philosophy that that caters to what to what the audience expects them um, to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm partially excited because again, this means that Bungie can now do whatever the fuck they want, and, and that's a good thing. But again, I would not be celebrating and clapping my hands in the air and applauding them for what could be also a bad thing when it comes to the way they approach uh, management. If you had to guess, who do you think they will would go with? I think they're going to stay solo. Um, but like but eventually, if the need arises where they have to go somewhere with someone again, <sighs> what if they went with Sony? Um, I think they don't want to go the exclusive route anymore. I think they want to stay platform agnostic true, for the most part. True, that would make sense. Uh, they they kind of probably got tired of just having chugging out Halos just for one ecosystem. So they want to spread their wings more, which they did with Destiny. Um, I'm thinking of another publisher. Um, I don't know. Bethesda in 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 no no <laughs> fuck that fuck that Bethesda is another 
can of worms I don't want to talk about right now. We we discussed that previously in the last podcast, but yes. I would be intrigued to see a Bungie and Valve partnership, Ooh. even though Valve is very antisocial when oh, it comes so to that kind PC. of thing. Yeah, they're they're pre- they're PC oriented, but that that doesn't mean that they didn't release Left 4 Dead for the Xbox and the PS3 and all that. What if what if uh, what if uh, Bungie developed the next um, with Valve's permission? What if they developed the next like? Um, Team Fortress. Nah. <laughs> I, 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 again, it's it's nice to think about, but I think they want to do their own thing or pursue Destiny to the fullest extent that they can. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a good and bad thing that this occurred. But again, I will not be like, yay, now Bungie is free from the Kraken and everything will be all nice and dandy. It's more like a Hydra. You cut head, one head off, two more will spawn. <laughs> And they will be just yeah. as bitchy as the last. Could be. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, the bungee fiasco is one thing. Another thing that happened, I think it was yesterday or today, possibly. I could be wrong. Uh, EA canceled the open world Star Wars game. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to it really uh, because it's EA. Anyways, <laughs> EA has been bashing the fuck out of Star Wars like it's a cheap hooker. It's not a good thing that they are together. Yeah, yeah Disney need, Disney needs to pull out and give it to someone else because it's um I fucking dislike EA uh with a passion. Um this Star Wars open game open world game was supposed to be the successor to the cancelled uh twenty game that was supposed to be developed by Visceral Games, the creators of uh, Dead Space. Like the the it's supposed to be the bounty hunter game? Yeah, well, prior to that, that was a while back. Star Wars thirteen thirteen was the bounty hunter game, but then they were also making a game with uh, with Visceral that was headed by Amy Hennig, which is which was the uh, co writer of and co designer of Uncharted one and Uncharted two. Mm. Um, and so, like you know, she would have been a good fit for like a bounty hunter esque game in the Star Wars universe, since she already has experience with Nathan Drake. But um, but then uh, they shut that they shut Visceral down. Uh, she went somewhere else, and they canceled that project. And then, out of the ashes of that, they wanted to make an open world service game similar to Destiny, where they could you know monetize it to hell and back and now apparently that's not going to work anymore so they canceled that and now we're on the street is that it, they're going to release a smaller scale game we don't know exactly the exact details and the intent behind it but it's going to release pr- uh, before the end of 2020 so it's going to be a quick turnaround uh so a quick, okay, build in like a year or so and then release it and we'll extract as much money as we can Great. out of this failed. Fantastic. What a shit, shit thing. <laughs> Question. There was a game that someone mentioned at E3 this year. Was it this supposed to be this game? It was supposed to be a Star Wars game, right? Was it supposed uh, to be this game? Th- yes. Th- th- there's this other Star Wars game by Respawn Entertainment, right. the guys behind Titanfall. They're making something called Star Wars the 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 
was it the fallen jedi order or something right so this is not the same game no it's not okay the, i had more yeah they are more competent when it comes to that um but again it's they're under the wing of ea ea owns god they really can't do much about that but i i feel like that project will release by the end of i think they said by the end of this year so um interesting and it takes place between episode three and four so after revenge of the sith so and prior beginning to the of the empire. empire yes interesting hmm well i'll be excited for the, i'm kind of excited for that game for sure the respawn game yeah uh, respawn they're pretty good developers timefall timefall is not my cup of tea but i it. appreciate it from uh i appreciate uh i can appreciate it from a distance yeah we bought that game i never played it one of many i uh, yeah i played it it's way too hectic for me it's like it's like trying to play fortnite except different you know with oh, the, jesus with the hooks and no it's it's different but I like it, it's like it's like you, you need to play with a different mentality than you would like say a call of duty huh. or a regular shooter so. okay well, that's interesting all right well um that i if do you ever you know anything else that happened off the top of your head that may be noteworthy I mean, there are small things, but I don't think they warrant a discussion per se. Um, a bunch of games coming out by the end of this month that I think we're going to talk about in subsequent podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out at the end of the month. Goddamn right. Resident Evil 2 Remake, which I do want to try and get, but we'll see how, how that uh, pans out. Um and yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, 2019 is going to really hit hard right away. Uh, and there's going to be a bunch of good releases this year. Hell yeah. Speaking of releases, I'm going to turn the attention to the cinematic realm. Uh, this this week was uh, big for two, two movies. More so tomorrow for one of them. Uh, so we'll talk about that last. Um, but we got a teaser. Well, rather, we got a full-fledged trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I am fucking excited about this movie. Intensely excited. Uh, also, mainly because it takes place after Endgame, so there's a little bit of... like. I mean, we know people are coming back. This confirms it. Uh their people are coming back and so it makes it a little bit more you know what the fuck happens in endgame to make this xyz happen i mean whenever they announced it so um in it we got jake gyllenhaal as mysterio he's fighting hydro man and all that great stuff and what did you saw the trailer what, what are you most excited about this film um my my sort of meddling superhero fatigue is being raised by Jake and Lahaw as Mysterio. Like again, uh it's just so many comic book hero movies now, it's like crazy. Uh but I really love Jake Lahaw as an actor and I'm really intrigued by what he brings to the table uh, as Mysterio. And that's that's my only draw to the movie right now. But again, I watched the uh, Spider Man Homecoming. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, 
there are aspects of it that sort of felt very streamlined to my taste. Like it was trying to cater towards the cinematic universe, which again, isn't a bad thing per se, but to me, I, I like sort of standalone narratives um, for the most part. So, uh, but yeah, but for this one, uh, it, it's sort of weird because it's like they're, they're marketing this far from home takes place after Endgame, Correct. Correct. So it's really weird how they're approaching this with marketing it now, right? Prior to Endgame and us realizing what are they going to do to fix uh, the snap? Um, I feel like if, if if I was in charge of the marketing, I probably would market it after Endgame or around the time it comes out, just to give some breathing room uh, to contextualize. Okay. Now we have more info for Far From Home. Uh, but the one thing is, obviously, Marvel doesn't entirely own the film license to Spider-Man. Sony has that license. Which is the ironic thing that it was posted on Sony's YouTube page, not Marvel's. First. Right, right. So obviously, they're going to have more of a say of when we are going to release our marketing materials. And Marvel can't really say no to them. So kind of bullshit. You have that conflict, uh, but whatever it is, what it is. But uh, yeah, I am. I'm not excited for the movie, but again, I'm I, I really want to see what Jake Gyllenhaal brings as Mysterio. That's the one thing that I'm I I really want to look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing is going to be horrible. Um, the one thing I really want to go do is have a continental breakfast when i go see that movie which oh, ties us that? into the next film that kate got a uh, tease i am so fucking excited for john wick three motherfucker yeah uh really just teased with a poster of him in front of the door to the continental which of course is the hotel he has been exiled yeah, he's been exiled excommunicado um and yeah, I, I mean, if you're not in this movie, if you're not like, if you've never seen John Wick one or John Wick two, what are you doing with your life? Uh, it is some of the best action movie. I, some of the best action films I've ever seen. And you know, the first one doesn't have too much of a story. The second one builds upon it. I mean, it's kind of like world building instead of direct story, but the second one brings it home. And then this one fucking Jesus. I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, there's going to be a trailer tomorrow, which is Thursday, the 17th of January. If you're wondering when the fuck we're recording this. Uh, yeah. What, what do you got to say about it? What would you like to see in this film? Um, I don't know, because they're positioning this as like a, not a finale per se. It's not like they're explicit in that. I, I don't think, but... <laughs> I really want to see how they sort of like pull together the finale of a trilogy of films in the John Wick universe. And if they're going to expand on that and have it connect to the uh, development of the stars produced TV show, the the Continental Hotel, that's going to take place. I don't know exactly the timeline, but it's going to expand upon the universe of John Wick so that we get to see different perspectives and how the the sort of intermingling politics of the hotel is put into place. Um, it's going to be very interesting. And again, John Wick 
John Wick is it's a film franchise that is a good popcorn fl- flick, but it, it also has like it's just I just love Keanu Reeves as an actor. Yeah, I it's mean. and and again it's 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 like oh well he doesn't really act per se too much. It's not like he has this very extensive acting portfolio to where you could argue he could do many roles. He fits into one role really well, but um, this is like the only movie that matters to me. For it's God the one it. I'm like really excited about. I'm yeah. just like fuck. Just give me more. Just give me more. Give me four, five, six. Just yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I probably he keeps doing the same it, thing over it, and over. It's gonna be a great ride every time. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, I really want wherever the end point for this uh, film series will be. I just want him to open like a dog shelter and, and like rescue animals at the end. Yeah. What if that's what he, what if like he doesn't <laughs> die at the end, but then at the end he just becomes like a, uh, a, a like a owner of like a, like a dog shelter. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being like, like an active, uh, you know, bounty hunter or whatnot, he, he sort of follows into Morpheus's footsteps of him owning his own thing. And he, he'll, he'll become another big player in the game of intrigue that that series is known for. Right. I mean, there is a good, I think he will die. Uh, I don't know if it'll end with his death. I think it will be, uh, it'll, if he, if he does quote unquote die, um, it'll be mysterious about how he, like if he's dead or not. And then it might be like a, you know, dark Knight rises ending where he's like, it shows him at like a fucking, yeah, it'll it'll, it'll be like a fake out kind of thing. And I'm, I'm fine with that concept. Um, Again, he just has to save all the doggos. That's going to be his new mission in life. So apparently, there's two dogs in this movie, <laughs> yeah. and Halle Berry's in it, or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, I'm very quite excited. I'm quite excited for this movie. Is there any other film news? I mean, I guess we got we had Endgame. We talked about that in the last podcast. Uh, nothing really much else going on. I mean, we'll probably have something happen on next Monday that comes out. It's like, fuck, they announced the Obi-Wan movie. <laughs> that's, that's not likely. Not likely. As much that's as I would love happen. to see, as, as much as I would love to see that come into reality and have Edwin McGregor come back. I don't, I, I just don't think that's likely after the quote disaster of solo, which again, solo made decent money, but I guess to Disney, if it doesn't make a billion dollars, it doesn't warrant a successor. God damn it. Well, it's not a successor to solo. It's a successor to fucking Ewan McGregor's life. (laughs) Yeah. I guess they just want to put the brakes on star Wars movies, let it breathe, which I agree with, but yeah, but yeah, I get, I get where that's coming from. Yeah. Well, before we leave, after all this uh, this news, we do have one last thing to do. We got to kill your babies. My babies? I don't have any babies. Yeah, what are you talking about? I don't about? have any children either. We're talking about our childhood, sir. We got to crush some goddamn hopes and dreams by putting games against each other in a one-on-one combat scenario. And I believe... It should be different than the last time, if you know what I mean. Okay, I know what you mean. Um, all right, fine. Uh, okay, we'll start 
Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll start here. All right. Uh, what was supposed to be group 20, which is not group 10. Uh, we have Kirby versus Team Ico, which are the developers of Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last oh, Guardian. God. <laughs> uh, Kirby, so, okay. Kirby is a wonderful blob of yeah. mass genocide. <laughs> mass genocide. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's more like uh it's more like he's a fucking carnivore. <laughs> he just carnivore. sucks you up and sucks your soul. He eats your soul, yeah. Yeah. Um then but we yeah, have but- Team Ico. Team Ico with the Shadow of the Colossus, the Last Guardian, and and Ico. Ico. Uh, I think this is a fairly simple one for me. Uh, I'm going to pick Team Ico because th- the Last Guardian by itself. I never played. I never beat. Uh, I never Shadow beat of Shadow of the Colossus. Colossus. I did play it for mm-hmm. a time, but um, yeah. The Last Guardian had me crying at the end because it was such a goddamn good game. Um, yeah, by itself, if it was just The Last Guardian versus Kirby. And I haven't really played too much of Kirby. I know there's Kirby, so I know there's, you know, I did play the one on the Nintendo 64. Uh, but yeah, for me personally, Kirby's not going to beat anything else. Team Ico will. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I think Team Ico needs to move forward what are your what are your two thoughts i disagree i think kirby should move forward <laughs> i'm just kidding you're gonna do that you're uh, gonna do that to yourself shadow uh, look i know i know the extent of where we're at um again i don't really believe that but um but it's gonna be hard for t michael to survive reach the semifinals so i figured hey might as well kill it now to avoid disappointment later but i do want to see how far it goes so i also vote for team michael mm-hmm. all righty what's all next right. to the chopping block this is uh group 11 we have guitar hero versus wipeout that's interesting wipeout a racing game um, with boats versus Guitar Hero. No, no, no. The Wipeout is the futuristic racing game. Right. Yeah. Isn't Wipeout? Wait, isn't it Boats? Boats? No. I don't think I've ever played Wipeout. We have it. Uh, yeah, we have the Omega Collection. It's, oh, it's, it's kind, really it's good. It's kind of like uh, F-Zero? It's a futuristic racer. Yeah, it's like F-Zero. Oh, okay, basically. maybe I was thinking of something else. I think there's a... There's another game called Wipeout where it's like it's a game competition where you have to like maneuver through these courses. Right. And I was thinking of some it's other. It's a ripoff of the TV show. Right. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was boat racing. <laughs> There's another game with boat racing. I can't remember. But yeah. So Wipeout with futuristic cars. Okay. A racing game versus a music game. I mean, you're talking to me, man. I think personally, Guitar Hero needs to keep going because I played. I mean, the new one sucks. I get that. The Guitar Hero 1 through 3, especially 2 and 3. Especially 2. I think 3 is lesser. Uh, Guitar Hero 2, fucking great, great game. Uh, musically sound. I mean, 
the devil came down to Georgia when you're fighting the bosses in the second game. Fucking great. Um, he appears to wipe out the racing game, which I don't actually know too much about, but I think I'm about to find out because you're going to tell me. <laughs> well, Wipeout is just a high-octane, futuristic racing game. You have your typical power-ups where if you go through the green arrow, it'll speed you up. Uh, you could pick up a shield. You could place mines. Uh, it's it's very cool. I like it. But I think the impact that Guitar Hero 2 made for me and that it, re, it basically, if it wasn't for Guitar Hero 2, as as uh, exaggerated as I'm going to sound, Guitar Hero 2 made me appreciate music a lot more when I was younger. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be too big on music like I am now. So Guitar Hero wins based off of that. Yeah. All right. Things are about to get interesting. We have uh, number group 12, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, group 12. We have Mortal Kombat Ooh. versus Diablo. Oh. Hmm. I know nothing of Diablo. I know it's what it is. It's a dungeon looting kind of game. Yeah, it's a uh, loot, loot crawler where uh, you pick a class and you can, you know... Uh, loot better gear, go through each of the stages, each of the dungeons, fight bosses. You could play with friends. It's it's very addictive in its nature. Um, Mortal Kombat Ooh. needs no introduction. No introduction at all. And it seems to be getting better every time I play it. Um, mm. Except for the story necessarily for the last one kind of sucked in comparison to the first one. The first one was good. And when I mean the first one, I mean... Like when they came back, the reboot. The reboot. Yeah, the uh, it was called Mortal Kombat Nine, I believe. Yeah, but it it, it didn't have the number. No, it just went Mortal title. Kombat. Mm-hmm. And then the previous one X, which was okay. Um, it was decent. I, but I didn't, it didn't grab much. me. Yeah, the story of the yeah, Mortal Kombat it, One it was didn't like grab me as much. Uh, Mortal Kombat has more pitfalls, but I feel like. Mortal Kombat just has more influence. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Mortal Kombat needs to go on next stage. Eliminate Diablo. Fatality. Fatality. All right. We are on group number 13. Righty-ho. Super Smash Brothers versus The Last of Us. You can't do that. You can't do It's going to be difficult. What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh. 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 I'm telling you, this is just going to get way more challenging. Smash Brothers versus The Last of Us. Yeah. Okay, we have a post-apocalyptic game where fungus is taking a party brawler versus a party brawler. 
one of the party brawlers. Oh, probably the only party brawler that matters. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say Mortal Kombat's a party brawl. I would say Mortal Kombat's an, a straight up fighting game. Um, no party really. Uh, yeah, this is this is a bit tough. Um, to compare them is not possible. Other than quality of game. And we have one game which has fucking... I'm excited. I'm so excited for the next one. I fucking love the first one. I don't... The first, the first one has fucking... A fucking amazing multiplayer. Yeah, the multiplayer was extremely underrated. I'm uh, surprised it didn't get... Uh, much more attention than they deserve. Right. Like, than I mean, it's, it's um, like you get to craft your own shit. It's very it's inventive. Like, it's like it's like well, it's like with with my criticisms with Red Dead Two. It's like auto aim and it's combat. I kind of wish Rockstar just copied Naughty Dog. Was like, you know what? We're just gonna steal your combat because it seems to work on a on a fundamental level, leaks beyond what we can do. Yeah. But um, we have- I'm gonna have to give my vote to The Last of Us. I, I was thinking the same thing because I love, we, we, I mean, we put Smash on our, or we just put Smash on our top 10. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, as much as I love that game, I got to give it to because Last of Us is so monumental of a game. It, it's such a great game, great story. It's fucking top 10 in all time. Its influence is just so pervasive uh, within the industry. It, um, good and bad, I could even argue. Like, you know, like it's, it's really reinforced the idea of like narrative driven games having a place at the table, but at the same time, from a different perspective, you can argue it could muddy the waters and really give people like too much to latch onto for influence where like some games feel the same as the last of us. Like I'm not going to compare God of war to the last of us in the sense of like, Oh, they're the same game, but you can't deny that the influence is so strong that God of war feels like it's standing on the shadow of the last of us. It very much is with the, with the boy and, uh, and, uh, the father figure. Yeah, so my vote is for The Last of Us. Yep, I have to agree with you there. I thought we were going to fight about that for half a second. No. Um, okay, so oh God. we're at group 14, correct? Uh, yes. The numbers are different here because, obviously, I don't know if you want to reveal at the end of the podcast what happened. Yeah, I, will, but... I will, I will. Okay, yeah, because that's, that's on you. Yes, it is, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, okay, so group 14 is Killzone versus Quantic Dream, the creators of Heavy Rain, Beyond, and Detroit. Okay. Uh, this is a fairly easy pick for me. I played Killzone and I played uh, Detroit. Um, Killzone Grit is a pretty fucking good shooter. However, there are better shooters around. Um, it did what it did pretty damn well for the time being. Kind of like, uh, what was that game with the fucking Chimera? The, the resistance. Yeah. 
kind of yeah, that's in a the vein. I know, kind of yeah. in the vein of resistance. Um, but then you also get like you know, the po- it's kind of like it's dystopian in a way. Uh, but then you get the different varieties and tastes. I mean, not too different because they're all kind of movies. Um, for Quantic Dream. And I've only played the one game, and out of it, I had a great time. And Detroit has a fucking broad span of choices you can make in the game, and each choice could just result in way different things for the branches that it takes. And then it moves on, kind of what Mass Effect should have done. Uh, I say Quantic Dream moves on for me. I agree because I feel like Guerrilla Games has really hit its stride for the first time with Horizon. And I actually don't know if I have Horizon here, but if I do, then um, I feel like that would be the time to maybe reward it. Yeah, I think Horizon uh, yeah, on is a great... I feel like, yeah, I feel like Horizon is more ambitious, it's more innovative, it's more, uh, it's more compelling as a intellectual property. So I agree that Quantic Dreams deserves to go for, I mean, deserves to go to the next round. I played Heavy Rain, which m- many consider to be their best game. I played for like the first three or four hours. I'm not feeling it for that one yet, but I'm going to try and get back to it and complete it to get a you know more refined uh, conclusion on what my opinion of that game will be. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a messy uh, timeline of games that they have produced and developed. Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> right on. All right. The next group, uh, number fifteen, we have one that's going to be very interesting: Castle Crashers oh, okay. versus Portal. <laughs> Uh, just the first one or both of them uh, both of them both sure of them. I added a battle block theater because the developer of Cast Crushers also made that but I don't think either of us played that one no, so I played Castle really, Crushers it's, it's really Castle oh, Crushers man. Castle Crushers that's taking it back Portal's taking it back too I played those games around the same time um Man, back on the Xbox 360 with the with the peeps. Oh man, Castle Crashers! It's a great, it's fucking great. We were actually inspired. Inspired. I was inspired at one point. Inspired at one point. Um, from it. Uh, man, fuck. We have a four-player co-op hack and slash to the game with a very unique art style versus one of the more iconic puzzle games to ever be released. The cake is a lie. I mean, it made such a, like, it's not, it's more than just a puzzle. There's like a story and like, I mean, I I know you know that. I know everyone else listening knows that, but I think like... Yeah, I, I really enjoy the like Glados as a bad person, which you don't even is a bad guy. You don't even realize until certain things start happening, like the companion cube dying and 
you you killing the companion key rather and then like she's trying to take over the fucking thing and you're doing too well start fucking you over and then cancel yeah. crashers i i think personally for me portal is a bigger pull for me because portal i've i mean i had fun on castle crashers um but i think portal as a as a whole especially portal 2 it's portal 2 as well um as a whole are both uh good franchises and i fucking don't think valve can count to 3 anymore <laughs> i i would love um, to see that game have a third game don't think it will ever happen all right, we're going to need a tiebreaker because I think Ooh. Portal is a bit overrated. Um, again, I enjoyed my time with Portal. Portal 2's co-op was pretty fun, but I just don't know. I feel like it it, it, it it just didn't grab me the way that I was expecting it to grab me. Like it has with like, you know, a bunch of people. So why um, do you think Castle Crashers is better? I feel like... It's been I don't know I, I I feel like you can like place Castle Crashers in like a flood of like games where it's like yeah it's another one of those but it's just man I just look at back at Castle Crashers and I look at its art style and how that developer came to prominence with that game I just look back and I'm like man I just vastly appreciate Castle Crashers a lot more than I do Portal um again i i'm just weird that way when it comes to the portal portal should hit every box for me but it just doesn't for some weird reason hmm. um so i'll let you pick what do you want portal to be heads or tails <laughs> heads all right here we go all right it's tails Castle god Crusher damn wins. it no portal <laughs> Ah, I'm sorry. You lie. The cake is a lie. <laughs> yep, it turns out it was. Heads All right, crit. next one. We have group uh, 16, I believe. True. Okay. Wolfenstein versus Burnout. Ooh. I played Burnout Paradise. That game is fucking phenomenal. And then you have Wolfenstein. Great, great shooter. I haven't played it. I've I've heard it being compared to Doom in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it's it's basically an inferior version people. of Doom. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. What are your thoughts? I haven't really played the Wolfenstein, but I've seen a not a complete playthrough of Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, the new one. But I've seen like major cutscenes and how it plays out. And there are some really crazy shit that that game goes through. Um, Some very absurd things as well. Um, Burnout, though. Burnout 3. Burnout Revenge. Burnout Paradise. That's kind of hard to top, especially within like the racing echelon of like you know, like yeah, right now Forza is the 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 racing god in terms of like being so prominent right now. But man, I so wish Burnout 
came back. I wish there was another Burnout. Uh, I played yeah. Burnout Paradise. That was pretty much the only one I ever played. I never played Burnout 3, I don't think. I don't... They had uh, Burnout Paradise on sale for like five bucks, I think. And that's the most recent one, right? Yeah, that was the most recent one. Hmm. Might have to go get it. Um, so yeah. I, I think mean, burnout I think burnout moves on because Yeah. Um, I agree. I, uh, I I feel like Doom has a better chance to occupy right. what Wolfenstein does. And um, I haven't again we I haven't gotten the ch- chance to play it. I know of it. I think I think Burnout is a good racing game that needs to move on. As long as it doesn't go up against, you know, Last of Us, it should survive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, all right. The next group we have Mega Man versus Splinter Cell. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. That's weird. Uh, a platformer versus a spy game. Last last Splinter Cell I actually played was... What was the subtitle? Conviction. Conviction. Fucking pretty good game. I like that game a lot. Um, mainly because it was old, grizzled. Man, uh, being a spy. I never played any other ones. I played the first one a little bit. But I'd always fuck it up and just start shooting everybody. Um, yeah, because the first one was Splinter Cell. The second one was... Pandora's Pandora tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, Pandora tomorrow. The third one was Chaos Theory. Um, Mega Man. Uh, this is gonna be surprising, but I have not played any of like main platformer entries, like one, two, three. I've never played Mega Man, but I have played the fucking uh, the trading card version of it, <laughs> uh, Battle Network, on the Game Boy, and I was hooked on that one. I was uh, hooked. I don't know why. It, no, it wasn't a, a trading card game, but it had aspects of it. But like you move like your your unit around. It was more like a tactical strategy game. Now that I remember, but um, uh, I could go either way. It's Hitman. Hitman's on this list, isn't it? I would love to see yeah. Hitman go against Splinter Cell. Hmm. Because oh. you could compare those games very easily. That you can. Oh, man, I think. I mean, Splinter Cell has gone down in property. In the, in the few last game kind of sucked. Oh, man. I think I'm going to give it to. We have Mega Man. I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Splinter Cell only because. I I really thoroughly enjoyed Splinter Cell Conviction and like how the game made you feel, especially with the co-op mode. That was fucking great. I think we played mm-hmm. it together, if I'm not mistaken, or someone else and I played it together and at that last mission where it's like, okay, now turn on each other. I mean, it makes sense. You can see it from a mile away, but at the same time, it's like, oh, fuck, the person you've been working with to go through these missions and now you have to try and kill him and it's a competition now <laughs> between you guys who've been going through these missions together and fighting a bunch of hard shit. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, have to that's crazy. To, I'm gonna give it to Splinter Cell. Yeah, I again I I really love that Battle Network games, but 
I'm going to give it to Splinter Cell as well. Not by a large margin, though. I, I could go either way, to be honest. Yeah, I but. know. I know the the ranking based upon, um, you know, how good people, how much people love Mega Man. I mean, he's in fucking Smash, for God's sakes. He's probably one of my favorite characters to play. But yeah. All right. Uh, I think we have enough time for two more. I think so. We do. All right. The next group. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. All right. Competitor number one, we have Journey, Flower, and Flow. So the creators, uh, they're known as that game company. Interesting. Uh, they they just Journey, adding Flower, and Their Flow. game company as they add games. Yeah. <laughs> that game company is the name of the, yeah. Are they literally called I, That Game Company? Yeah. What the fuck? I think that's what they're called, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, and uh, that those trio of games will go up against another trio. Well, not really trio anymore. They're up against right. Mass Effect. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> what a can of worms you have opened. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so we have a space shooter. It's an RPG. Let's call it a shooter. I mean, I guess you can call it an action RPG. Mm -hmm. Uh, First two for me were pretty fucking amazing. Uh, I know you didn't like the second one. I know what we think about the third. Third one's fine until the last act. It disappoints at the last bit. Game itself is pretty fun. Um, But the last... the ghost boy, the bullshit story ending cap off. Pacey Hudson. Then the mess that was, and then the, the ending, they caved. See, they shouldn't have caved. <laughs> this is hard for me uh, because on one hand, Mass Effect is shit as a franchise. Not just because of the Mass Effect 3 ending. Like, I could go oh, on the entire fourth one, on, like, turd. Andromeda, which is... <sighs> don't even want to talk about that. Um, but, like... <sighs> like, a lot of its problems originate with the second game. Even though people don't, like, see it that way sometimes. But after so many years thinking about it, I do now. <sighs> But then I look back at the first game and how that first game has had a really good standalone story. And if you just cut out the portion where Shepard says, oh, the Reapers are still out there. If you just cut that out, it would have been a fucking phenomenal standalone space opera. Yeah. A a talky space opera in the same vein of Star Trek. Um, But then you put that game in what we would like to call the cement shoes in the mob. You put that game into cement shoes and throw it in the river. And does it still float? But the other game's dragging it down. Yeah. It's just dragging it down. Like the first mass effect. I, I, I think it would be like probably in my top 20, top 30. But besides that, that's it. Journey is in my top 10 easily. I played Flow for a bit uh, a few days ago. I thought it was okay. Uh, 
I haven't played Flower, but I feel like I'm going to enjoy Flower a lot more than Flow. I've Flo. never played any of these. Well, you did watch a I did uh, watch Journey. Of Journey, though. I which, do know what Journey is all about. Yeah, it kind of robs game, you. I mean, I played Abzu, context. which is kind of similar in context. Um, yeah, it is, because you have the art director and the composer. Well, makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And Abzu is so. a fucking great game. And, for, and, you know, not the same thing, but I, I've got to give it to Journey, Flower, and Flower because of the, yeah. the greatness of all Quite three of those unique. games. You can't. Can't be beaten. They're quite, yeah, so they're, they're quite unique. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the final one for this podcast. Are you ready, good sir? Is it Tetris? <laughs> no. No, Tetris is a bit farther out. Um, this one might be a bit more easier than I imply, but um, we have 007. Ooh. Oh. Versus Batman. Oh no, Steven! Oh. Oh. Not easy. It might be easy if I think about it. I know what my pick is. We have the Arkham series. We have, on top of that, there was a. The Dark, or what was it? Batman Begins the game. Uh, there's also what are yeah, they? yeah, just a bunch of Batman games, bunch of Batman and games, Double O Seven games. Then you have one of the creators of the shooter. I fucking love Nightfire. That was a great game. Uh, yeah, Nightfire is so Nightfire fucking is underrated. Shit. People, people say, people say that Goldeneye great. I, I do agree. At the same time, Nightfire, fuck. Like an original story, really? <laughs> yeah. And then there was a th- the one it's... right after that. Um, and then, um... I mean, they made it from Russia with love video game that I love, uh, which actually had Sean Connery like his likeness in it. And it was fucking great, and you could play through the entire movie. And then there was an end sequence, which was actually different from the film, uh, where you actually had to fight the main bad guy, the blonde guy, in a. Uh, in a fucking like mech, well, not a mech suit. He's in a rope. He's like in a machine. You have a pistol, and it has machine yeah. guns on the side of it. Pretty fucking great. What was the one that came after Nightfire? I don't recall. There's only two double seven. Really strike out to me as like the only ones that really matter to me. And is it Golden um, Nightfire? Yeah, Nightfire is on the PlayStation so Two. Great, great times. It's just so underrated. Um, I think I still remember like like that last uh, mission where you're up in space and you have to like shoot all these yeah dudes in spacesuits with the with the blue, blue laser, laser gun. gun. That was really fucking good. Yeah, and the fucking the heart. Well, that's not even the the hardest yeah, mission. In my then, opinion was the uh, the one with the ninjas. <laughs> yeah, that one. Fucking doing cartwheels, throwing knife, throwing fucking throwing stars. Like, god damn, sir, show, sh- sir, stop, <laughs> slow the fuck down. Uh, I'm gonna. Batman Arkham Asylum is really good. Uh, I have not completed Arkham City. Arkham I've heard that's the better. best. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's 
what I get. I feel like Arkham Knight fumbles. Arkham Knight fumbles. I, I, um, I feel like it fumbles. I was fine with Todd being the Red Hood. I was not fine with the the stupid bullshit I had to do to just do get an ending and they're like, oh, if you want the actual ending, you have you to complete everything this. else. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and then once you do it, it's like, and there's nothing really different. Ha ha ha, fuck you. Don't they imply that <laughs> they might do a, a Batman Beyond game or something? Was that not the implication? Uh, I didn't get any implication, but that sounds awesome. No. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there was the one that took place before Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins, what a shit game that was! Never played it, but I you played it? No, you, you never played it. And you're calling it shit. <laughs> heard it was shit. Oh my god, I heard it's decent. I I heard it's it, it, it's the one oddity in in that uh, series of games where it's like to the right person, it might be the best one. But um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm going to have to vote for 007. I'm going to give it to 007 too. <laughs> yeah. Because I, like, I was just like, <laughs> just like the amount of time wasted yeah. playing multiplayer matches in Golden Knight and Nightfire. Nightfire. Um, or, yeah, I, I was old enough to whoop. understand Nightfire. Me and my friend would play that for hours and he would get super pissed. And then, like, the theme song is actually pretty good too. It's not like this thing where they, like, oh, okay, it's a meddling <laughs> song. No, it's actually pretty good. It's it also has an a, original story. Yeah, which is very, fucking awesome. It's, it's very good. Interesting. Um, I'll have to look up what that third game was. I think the third yeah. game was more technical, but it's Pierce Brosnan. Right. Oh, I can't wait until we get to the next batch of groups. It's going to get heated. Is it? Well, I'm excited for that shit, man. Oh, God damn. Last of Us and, and, and 007 are coming. And and oh, I feel bad for for 007 if it fight if it has to fight Last of Us. <laughs> uh, but we won't see those for a very long time. Well, I think that's about that time, good sir. So, uh, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Bring up any last words? No final words needed. Just um. You wanted to bring up uh, oh, a little technical hiccup. Okay, so that, yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, we we run a tight ship here, um, and most of the time, well, I do all the editing, right? So I mean, it's an honest mistake. Uh, the recording thing we use is uh, is great. We use it. It's Craig. Shout out, um, and of course. I was like, oh, well, you could keep it on there. I'll download it later to edit. I waited a week to download it so that we could do editing. And I went to click the download link. And it went to, it said invalid data entry. And I was like, oh, shit. So I went to part part one of the, uh, the podcast. And it also said, could not download it. Long story short, I fucked up. We've already we already recorded four hours worth of a podcast, and we went way more in depth in creating a uh, it, way more in depth in creating a uh, singular 
game of the year list where we had to fight and bitch and complain about what should be first and second. That's really where it all came down to it. And we fought for Red Dead being first and and Tetris Effect being second. And I was like, I don't understand why. And he's like, dude, it's such an amazing game. And now I've seen the light. My bottom line is I fucked up, didn't download the podcast <laughs> fast enough, and didn't edit it because I couldn't download it. So that's why we had to redo this. I think this went one this one went a lot better than the than the previous. We had spent forever trying to say we should flip a coin. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh I I still think the the old format, the one that we had recorded prior to it being, you know, broken um i think it still has value i yeah. think i do want to revisit it for next year's for sure. uh gaudy 2019 um because i feel like there's a and i i i think for next year also we're gonna have more guests pop in sure. so that it could be more dynamic it, it won't just be one versus one and that can grow stale uh over a long stretch of time yeah i definitely so. want to start uh trying to you know, look for guests to come in with and debate about the kill your babies section because, uh, it, you know, sometimes when we just agree on things, like for example, I mean, there's a few ones, but like, you know, Mega Man versus Splinter Cell, there wasn't too much of a debate and there should be like a tiebreaker in that respect. I feel like it builds more attention, makes it more interesting of a of thing to talk about because we don't all we don't know everything about these games. We know some, but we need uh, it would be nice to have a third voice on here with us. So yeah, we'll be looking and watching. But yeah, I fucked up, and I will try not to fuck up again in the same way. I will not fuck up in the same way for this one. So yeah, uh, any other th- any other things? <laughs> No, that would be it. Uh, well, thank the new year bring forth plenty of time Happiness. for us to indulge in our base necessities. And by base necessities, I mean playing video games into the peak hours of night. Yes, and may, uh, may season three of True Detective be <laughs> ever more awesome than it already is in two episodes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I, did you have a good time? If you did, but thank you so much for watching, and we will speak with you again soon. Have a great one. See you later. <laughs>